Hola Tom, hola Steve, tengan un excelente programa, ustedes siempre me hacen reír, están locos. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back, everybody, to yeah. Masters of Profundication. We've had a little bit of a hiatus. Oh, wait. I'm Tom Witham. Ah, see, you know, I didn't know who you were until you said it. And I'm Steve Piles. A little and out of practice. And we're back, bitches. Yeah. We, uh, we decided to have a mid-season hiatus. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was completely planned. Because we're assholes. Jesus, <laughs> um, it's been no, a month, hasn't it? Yeah, it was a completely unplanned hiatus. It was more along the lines of uh, daddy needs sleep hiatus. Oh, yeah, I mean, I'm a thousand miles away, so that killed two weeks right there. And Yeah, you went to Michigan, Yeah, and I've been working a lot of overtime, so uh, I, we're back. We, we almost recorded last week, but <laughs> I, after I did six doubles in a row, and on my ride home, I was like, can't the do it. The victory would be just not dying, so yes. Yeah. So, um, understandable. So it gives us some opportunities to talk about what we did during our hiatus. Oh, the fun we had. What'd you do? (laughs) I visited family and, uh, there's probably more that there should be. Uh, There's not. I visited family. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you had, uh, Christmas. Did you have a good Christmas? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's always nice to see my family, you know, it's, reminds me that they exist and that they're not just voices <laughs> over the phone every once in a while. They're not just Facebook people. Text. Yes, yeah, right. Like it's not just a elborate scheme by somebody to make me think it's like I'm not being Truman showed, you know, like there the are actual... or somebody is not just, you know, setting up a whole false reality for me. It's good to be reminded of that. Yeah. Or maybe I am and it's all part of the plan. I don't know. What you drinking? Beer. What well, kind of beer? I see it's Old beer. beer. It's beer that's been sitting in the refrigerator for a while. So, well, it's uh, what is it? <clears throat> Blue Moon. Oh, Blue Moon is delicious, but it's probably skunky if it's been in the fridge for that long. But nah, it's fine. You have a your palate is very unique to anybody <laughs> to anybody that doesn't know. Steve eats his oranges peel and all. Oh, not just the oranges, lemons, limes. Well, citrus. Any citrus. Just the it's whole delicious. Peel. Yeah, eat like an apple. Just take a bite out of it. It's good. Try it. If anybody, A, eat a lemon, I guess. like That's the first step. Like That's the weird part for a lot of people <laughs> by, by itself. I've been doing that since I was six years old. I'm not even kidding. I had a teacher that did it, and she uh, led by example, and I got into it, and I started eating lemons. That was my thing. I tried you- banana once. The banana peel is not good at all. <laughs> but that's where all the nutrition is. <laughs> I felt energized and disgusted at the same time. <laughs> I feel so alive. Now let me go vomit. <laughs> Have you ever felt energetically disgusted? It's a weird place to be. On a daily basis. <laughs> um, so how about you? How was your party-filled, amazing holiday season? Your crazy um, Kwanzaa. We, we kept it low-key. <clears throat> I worked a lot. And we just, um, we did something at the house, got to just hang out locally. My family was, uh, visiting each other and going on long trips. So, you know, it's, Christmas is a, it's a good season for me. Yeah. 
I like it's nice. I mean, there's football on, you know, there's staying inside because it's cold out and you get to stay cozy. <laughs> it was cold out. Holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. It was the Arctic for a little while there. Isn't this one of those instances where they say it was colder in North America than it was on the surface of Mars or something like that? Yeah. Like something yep. crazy. Yeah. There's always every once in a while there. I think Bangor, Maine was the warmest city in the entire country for like an hour once. I remember seeing it like compared to all the cities you think of like San Diego, California, mm-hmm. for whatever reason was too cold that day. Bangor, Maine, well, it was probably like six or seven years ago now, but weather anomalies, I like that them. Is weird. Yeah, yeah. Like the top of Mount Washington, the wind gusts are up to like 100 miles per hour and it's like negative 70 or something like that. <laughs> you will die. Yeah. Step outside and you might as well be in the vacuum of space. There's going to be hey, some... Some some derelict vehicle up there with a bumper sticker on the back says, this car made it to the top of Mount Washington, and it never came down. Right. <laughs> that's a, that's uh, a main joke for anybody that's not local. Yeah. Um, I just now was watching the football game and uh, came to a realization. And as soon as I mention it, I bet you're going to be on board with this. Well, no, players actually, are... no, 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 not not you because you don't watch advertisement. So you know, I I can't avoid them. So I can't I can't say okay. I'm purely. Let me let me just throw this out there. Do you know the progressive insurance commercials With where flow? flow? Okay, so you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's a whole series of those commercials. Now, flow has moved right on. She's she's done. Oh, now really? now flow's assistant the the like little squirrely guy that was Flo's assistant now has his own feature set of commercials. <laughs> but you watch them, if if you watch them and put them in any kind of real reality or something like that, like where do these fucking people work that they work in a white, sterile, brightly oh, no. lit environment with white aprons <laughs> and like the people that walk in are normal people, but the people that work there are total rejects <laughs> there's um the newest one i saw tonight is the new the the little guy comes in and he's asking for his price regulator gun whatever it's called the the price gun you know what i mean like trading name, it like, it's like uh, the name your own price tool oh and probably treating it like it's like a sidearm for like you join the police department it's like i need my well gun. yeah i mean he walks in and he has to be issued his name your own price tool and yeah, there's like yeah, a guy yeah. that works in the armory of these yeah. things and he's responsible for handing him out and he pretends that he can't he doesn't know this guy like i don't you don't you don't get one i don't know who you are and he's like rattling off all these you know who i am i'm the guy you know we've talked your locker's right next to me you know and meanwhile all these other people are walking in and he's just handing them the name your own price tools you know as clever as they can be with insurance commercials Mm, which don't get me wrong geico sets the bar geico is effing hilarious it's true um and there's a handful of other insurance commercials that are funny. It seems like they're trying really hard to dip into comedy, but uh, it just struck me as odd that there are these like white, like pale white, brightly lit stores where you can go in and buy your insurance. But <laughs> it's like, well, I think that it's got to be like heaven. Like I've I've arrived at heaven. Uh, yeah, that's exactly what it looks like. It looks just yes. like. It, like you, you would imagine walking into a completely sterile, white, brightly lit. It's like ah, oh, it's like a cloud. No decorations, nothing on the wall. 
Like I need insurance and I need to go to the place where it's pure and good. <laughs> where the where the gentle humor wafts over me. I like nothing to think offensive. That if, <laughs> I like to think that it's like some dystopian like <laughs> you will walk in here and you will get your insurance and everybody pretends to be very nice but if you if you step out of line once they're going to make you disappear and if you look at them at the wrong time they're all instead of smiling they're they're crying and they're <laughs> they're they're, they're rictus smile of pain yeah. and horrification yeah. it's just it's a bizarre that needs to be the commercial where they just <laughs> since the protagonist of the commercial turns and looks and everybody's like oh god run just run now, right. now. like she pl- takes her face off and there's like mechanical stuff underneath the skin. <laughs> no price gun is worth this. It's worth nothing. Go, run. <laughs> oh, See, sh- now you reminded me of something. Do you have you ever heard of <laughs> have you ever heard of Rule 34? Yes. Everything on the internet can be made pornographic, is that right? Yeah, or- basically. Everything if it exists, it has a porno version of it. Yes. Yeah. Which remember uh insurance commercials from back in the day? Yeah, it was a cartoon, right? Yeah, Aaron Eshern's like she was like a secret agent. Yeah. I have seen, you know, accidentally, I have seen <laughs> Aaron Eshern's porn. And I'm like, man, <laughs> rule 34 is ironclad. There is no exception. <laughs> so so you're just like, you know, you know going, you're going through the like looking for recipes for a good souffle and all of a sudden there's and then yeah, you just you stop know, cartoon oh. porn. Oh, look, there's a cartoon porn about an insurance agent i'll just i'll just check this out i'm pretty sure it's a pop-up you know like every, every good, like yeah. website has it was a pop-up pop your honor it was a pop-up hard... <laughs> yeah you're on. <laughs> i swear the hardcore my mouse started moving clicking on it i don't <laughs> russian hackers russian i, I like i like insurance commercials and i thought this was another insurance commercial it turned out to be you know hardcore bestiality cartoon porn i it was weird you know that because I don't think it's easy to create a cartoon. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh no, yeah, you got to work at that shit, right? Right. So somebody sat down and thought this this would be great. <laughs> no, no, somebody sat there and watched the commercial for the first time, realized that they were slowly unbuckling their pants, <laughs> and said, "What's happening to me? Oh no, this means something. I have to go with this." Yeah. And then learn how to animate so they can make. Her... No, they hired it out. That's what I want to hear the pitch. <laughs> like, okay, I have this idea. And the animator's like, sure, what do you, what do you want? No, no, the animator's got to be Korean. Like, oh, <laughs> sure. Yes, what do you what? Stupid Americans. <laughs> of, no. Yes, of course. That's the, the fifth request today. I, I got you. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get to it in between all the My Little Pony stuff. It's fine. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Holy crap. Bronies. That's some crazy shit. <laughs> Perf but corner. then again, yeah. Oh, we did. We took it right to Perf Corner almost immediately. Yeah, you gotta get out of the way. Uh, big news in my DVD. Uh, you got done. No, I didn't. The, like the last three weeks have been rough. Mm-hmm. What I do now, um, knowing that I'm towards the end, but I'm doing so much overtime, is I'll I'll put a stack together, probably like five or six, and I'll just say I'm gonna do these this week, whether it's. Before I leave for work or when I get home from work, all I have to do is just toss it in the, the burner or the ripper mm-hmm. and just rip the movie. So if I can do like one or two a day, I'm happy. But I sat down today and I take that back. I didn't sit down. I, I kept up on it. Like every time I was near the computer, I 
I would uh, put one in to have it ripped. So I did a good, well, let's see, one, two, three, four. I did a good 12 today. Nice. Productive. Which is, yeah, it's a pretty productive day. I don't, you know, I probably have maybe 40 left tops. Uh, oh, that reminds me. That. My, uh, my own project has moved along. I've got almost all my long boxes of comics scanned. Now I just got a few short boxes and I'll be done. Wow. Two and, years after I started. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the big question about that is when you are scanning them, does it give you any value? Does it like give you like an approximate um, value? Or... I, I don't think so. I haven't. I'm really just about just getting it done. So I haven't really delved into it because it doesn't matter. Like, not really. I'm, I'm trying, going to try to sell the whole collection as a bulk. And I'm sure anybody that's willing to buy it that way is not going to say, well, you have this issue that's worth something and that issue is worth yeah. something. They're going to be like, I'm willing to buy your entire collection. Take what I'm going to give you. I'll be like, yes. Yeah. yes hopefully yes, hopefully sir, there are a couple of gems in there. Whatever you say, sir. I'll start the bidding at $10. All right. I just got to get somebody to really hardcore counterbid, like really, <laughs> really high. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. Uh, $10 yes. American. Oh. See now, if it's ten dollars, no, Canadian's worth less than American now. I think so. You're, yeah, it's okay. No, yeah, ten dollars American. That's solid. Ten dollars Chinese. What do they have uh, over there? The the yen. That's is that Japanese or yen is Japanese, Chinese is yuan. I never know how to pronounce it or rin rinmibi. Never know how to pronounce that either. It's like two words for the same currency. Of course. Extra trivia. Russia has the rubles, rubles, ru- rupees, rubles, rubles, rupees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Legend of Zelda has rupees. You got to get the pink one and the blue one. India has the dinar. I have to go with you on that one. I'm not even sure. Uh, France has the franc. Nope. Oh, they have the euro now. They got the euro now. Yeah. yeah. All those, the lira, the franc, that all, the Deutschmark, gone. Well, uh, Britain has, still has the pound. Right. Which is doing them well because they're not going to be part of the European Union pretty soon. So Brexit. Hashtag yeah. Brexit. Yeah. Uh, Mexico has the peso. <laughs> has a lot of them. <laughs> because they need a lot of them. Uh, what's it? What else? I think Antarctica has the, uh... The polar bear turd. Polar bear. <laughs> there's no polar bears in Antarctica. There's polar bears in the Arctic. Oh, there's penguins. Penguins in Antarctica. So... Penguin foreskin. That's what the currency is. Uh, penguin, uh, flesh. Space Pelts. penguin flesh. Pelts. Penguin, penguin penis pelts. Space penguin penis pelts. That's what they have in Antarctica. <laughs> and then they suck a walrus and get some blue milk. <laughs> oh, God. Is that a segue? Segue. Segue. Oh, we should warn everybody what we're talking about today. Yeah, yeah. We're talking about Star Wars and probably mostly The Last Jedi. So if you haven't seen it, yeah, you know, I'm usually pretty super you know, duper spoiler alert, disdainful on spoiler alerts, but this one is necessary because there's, there's probably going to be a few people out there that for whatever reason, like, yeah, I'll see it, but I haven't gotten around to it. So we're going to spoil the shit out of The Last Jedi and we're going to we're going to have a discussion, a very even healed, you know, even tempered, fair, fair and balanced. That's fair what we're and all balanced discussion, fair and balanced. Um, and then maybe. And then maybe branch out into Star Wars as a general franchise. We're going to call this, the title of this podcast is going to be Star Wars Mark II. <gasps> because there's no more Marks. The first Mark is dead. Well, Star Wars Mark One. We've already done an episode on Star Wars. 
I was making a lame Mark Hamill reference. Sorry. <laughs> before I forget it, which you know I'm I'm gonna do. Before we get into Star Wars, I wanted to tell you that Game of Thrones has officially come out and said that there will no be no new Game of Thrones episodes until 2019. Yeah, I heard that, which is exactly what I would have expected. Yeah. So I would have been shocked. If big there was fat one. In, yeah. Absolutely shocked if there was anything in 2018. I, I fully expected there to be 2019. If they would have said 2020, I would have been pissed. 19 is fine. Six yeah. episodes. I think we're going to get a shit ton of stuff in 2020. Yeah. Spinoffs, stuff like that. But we'll talk about that later. Now we're talking about Star Wars. Star Wars. So having had a month off, the last time we had an episode, uh, for anybody that saw the movie knows that my predictions were not wrong. even just wrong, were laughably wrong. <laughs> like, holy, sh- like what I say, I said a few times, Ray was the female clone of Darth Vader. And I, you know, did that tongue in cheek a little bit, but I figured, you know, there'd be something. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you, it did have, it did have some legs because going into this, like her parents, it was a big deal. Like, who are her parents? It could be, you know, uh, had to be somebody for sense. You know, she had to come from somewhere that was right, right, special. See, now I remember having because everybody did. If they're a Star Wars fan, has these debates or discussions or whatever about what do they think Ray's parents were? What do they think? Whatever. And I remember telling somebody we both know, and you know who I'm talking about, like, like don't don't go too elaborate with this because this is Star Wars. This isn't exactly known for it's known for twists, but not complex right. in depth. Well, really it's it's known for layered one. It's it's known for like a big twist that and the and the big one is, you know, Vader Luke Father thing. Wait, what? I know, right? <gasps> I didn't know. No, uh, yeah, that's the one big twist in all other little things. But then in seven other around. movies, there really hasn't been a twist. No, it's pretty so, straightforward. So I when mean, you're talking Star Wars, you're talking like theories. This is actually new ground. Like, ooh, what's this mean? Because everybody expected a Vader-like twist for this movie. Right. And I think a lot of people, like I said, people we know, let shit get away from it. I remember saying... Like, you know, don't go too crazy with your theories on this one, because I don't think it's going to be gigantic. It's going to be something you're going to be going, oh, wow. But well, it's not going to be like, oh, my God, this was like set up years ago, multi-layered and amazing. And I can't believe they went this far. Ryan Johnson fooled me. He yeah. fooled me, fooled me, fooled me, because he said, stay away from the trailers, stay away from promotional material, because you're going to want to watch it and I, th- I think he said surprised. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. But I remember him saying, just avoid all promotional material. Go into the movie not knowing what the trailer tells you. <clears throat> so that, to me, led me to believe that there was a huge plot twist. Shocker. Yeah. And that it just it never came. There was I, I remember uh, my wife who does, you know, she likes Star Wars, but certainly doesn't. She could care less of could not care less if she mm-hmm. watched another Star Wars movie. You know what I mean? Like, right, right. It's just it, it happens. It happens. If it ha- you know, and she went and saw it with some coworkers, kind of like as a you know, let's go do this thing, and didn't really know like all the backstory. Didn't know what was really going on, and she's she didn't want to spoil it for me, but she came back saying well, nothing happened that I thought it was a super <laughs> duper twist, and I was like, oh damn it, yeah, there needs to be something. And see, this is this is one of the reasons I jumped on it. Like, I got a ticket for the Friday it opened up. Like, I know it had early showings, like Thursday midnight, but I figured I'd be safe enough. So I was like, okay, opening official opening day Friday. I'm gonna do a soak. 
as to avoid because I was convinced there was going to be at least one major revelation that you're gonna be like, what? That I wanted to avoid any spoilers. Walked out of the theater going, well, I could have waited at least a day to see that. <laughs> yeah, when I walked out of the theater, my immediate thought was, don't think too hard. <laughs> Do not think too hard. Yeah, see, now, okay, like, okay, we're just going to get into it, right? So I did not enjoy this movie. Like, I just didn't. I was disappointed. You for are the listener, somebody, for, yeah. for the listener, Steve and I are split on this. Yeah. Tom's on the side of, he's he's on a check that box as a plus. Yeah. Victory. I, I like it knowing that there are problems with it. Right. I dislike it because of the problems I can't unsee, I guess is the <laughs> most succinct way to put it. Yeah. But I've like I said, I've had a month to percolate and to ponder and to pontificate. But you haven't gone to see it again. No, and I'm not. I'm not. I'll if if I see that movie again, it will be because it's on somewhere where I'm at, and I can't avoid it. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I, that's the only way, that's the only way I can see clear to go. This is like for me, it's a little bit like Prometheus. I saw Prometheus. I said, well, that fucking sucked. What a disappointment <laughs> that was. And the only reason I watched that movie a second time was because the next movie was coming out. And I just, I did kind of want to remind myself what the plot points were with this one. I I have a feeling that the, a, it's not complex enough to, for me to need to be reminded. I, it, it just isn't. Well, but visually it's a good looking movie. It is. So, okay. So let's do this formally. Like you tell me what you liked about it. I'll tell you what I liked about it. Okay. That way. All right. Um, <clears throat> I like the fact that it was a Star Wars movie. I'll just, I'll be 100% honest there. Yeah. Uh, it, they could have put a flaming turd on screen for two and a half hours and said, this is Star Wars. And I'd have been like, eh, you know, I like me some Star Wars. <laughs> which, uh, uh, which they did. <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. I'll be fair. I'll be fair. Okay. Well, just, and also, like, I'm not afraid to tear down a franchise I love because. Nobody, well, I, I can't say nobody loves aliens more than me. I know Rob, you and Rob hold it pretty high as well. But, I mean, Prometheus and uh, Covenant, I thought yeah. were absolute fucking garbage. It's true. It's true. And, I like, I wanted them to succeed so bad because I love that franchise. The Aliens franchise is, like, boner time for me. Right. And those movies sucked. And I'm not afraid to say they sucked. Um. So... That, just to get that out of the way, I'm not afraid to tear down something I love like that. But um, things that I liked about it, uh, yes, it was a Star Wars movie, but I loved it visually. Um, I don't think you're going to disagree. I know that I've said this to you before, but I am like super fascinated with the interior design of the ships and their bases and stuff like that, especially the New Order and the Empire. I love that sleek you know, corridors that looks like somebody spent, you know, days with a buffer <laughs> buffing the right. walls and buffing the floor. Like that slick, dark, but brightly lit. I don't know. There's something about that contrast that just, I love it. You know, with the circular doorways that now, are all lit up. And As an aside, like I'm trying to remember which one it is. It might have been because I just saw... I keep watching clips, a certain clip of uh, Rogue One, but it's these movies that have the doorways, the hallway, where there's actually a raised, like 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 instead of like a smooth flat surface walking down the hallway, when you get to like a doorway, it's actually raised up, like you have to step over something when you walk in. Yeah, and um, 
I like, think, I think that, that's a lot of the old Star Wars movies had that. Yeah, I don't remember. But you know the scene that they used in the Rogue One trailer um, of... Um, Jesus, I can't remember her name. God, isn't that terrible? What's that? Talk about the character, Jin, Jin or something. Oh, Jin. Yeah, Jin, Jin. Okay. Uh, there's a scene where she's dressed up like an Imperial trooper. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And she, like, stands up and, it, and it's the words or the voiceover is like, you know, what will you be? Yeah, which they didn't put in the movie at all, which is... They didn't. But that, that, if you can remember that scene specifically where she's in that hallway that lights up and, like... Right. I dig the shit out of that. Like, it's, God, I'm coming off sound like a fucking weirdo. But interior <laughs> design of Star Wars stuff, the cantinas, the ships, and the architecture. I yeah, the I love that shit. I mean that. I don't know if like when I saw it when I was a kid and like it draw it, you know my eyes were drawn to it and it was so fascinating that I've just got this love for it. I've read enough of the books where I've pictured it, uh, pictured it in my head. So much that I just like I oh and uh, like played Dark Forces the the video game where oh yeah you know yeah, yeah. it's all about the corridors it's all about the interior of ships and stuff like that but I don't know they did it really really well and I liked it I, and like I said could have been anything could have been a Star Trek would probably have the same kind of at least a, a partially no, yeah. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say that Star Wars there's something unique about Star Wars where the like the lights are rounded and they go up around the walls and stuff. I don't know. I, yeah. Probably there are people out there that think I'm a friggin' moron for thinking it, but I dig. No, it. I, actually, I do get where you're coming from. The aesthetic means something. It means yeah. It because if you like one thing, I kind of always talk about Star Wars. Like if you do the inevitable holding it against Star Trek thing, is the Star Wars universe felt a little more visceral. Like if you go somewhere. I don't know, like on a battleship or something like that. You're not going to see this. It's not going to look like a luxury craft. It's going to look, it's going to be functional. Yeah. That's what Star Wars always, always came up to me as. It's like nobody's dressing these things up to make them look like, you know, the billionaire of the galaxy. Right. Is the yacht person. Luxury, right. It's like, this is, this is in there because this, and I just, I just watched the uh, Rogue One clip because I have it ready to go because I can't stop watching it. <laughs> where Vader's going after him, and yeah, the, there's like raised bottoms. Like this guy's yeah. running away, and he trips oh, over. The, oh, you know. okay, okay. I'm just gonna. Can we put a pin in this? Can we put a pin in it? Because I want to refer back to this scene that you're talking about later on when we're discussing uh, uh, how ridiculous things are sometimes, but we we enjoy them anyway. <laughs> just let me. Oh, keep... oh, yeah. There's. I got your problems with that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I've got one more. Okay. I, I in that scene I found one more thing that is a nitpick thing that I just want to put a pin in it. Okay, we'll get back to we'll, it. We'll get we'll back be, to we'll it. We'll be ready for it. Okay. <laughs> um, but like even even the ambiance, you uh the the sound the brown noise of like some sort of thermal engine that is running on the inside of a ship or whatever. There's it's not like you're in total silence walking down the halls of this right. star destroyer or the star you know the Death Star. There's a there's a there's an interior noise of a running like boiler, like a thermal nuclear yes. engine. And you can actually go to YouTube. I I think you should do this at some point because it's very fascinating. You can go to YouTube and search for uh, 10 hours of Death Star noise. <laughs> <laughs> really? Or Star Wars Dar- uh, Star Destroyer noise. And basically it's that low hum 
it's the low hum of right, like right. the engines of a star destroyer and you can just play 10 hours worth of it. <laughs> right. I can neither confirm or deny I've done that. Just had 10 <laughs> hours of <laughs> just going on in the background. Yep. I, I'm going to I'm going to fall inside of no you probably haven't done that because that doesn't sound like you at all. Yeah. That's not anything I would ever do no, ever, in my ever. office at work. oh my god (laughs) oh shit okay so back to things that i liked about it i i'll now i want to pitch it to you i i really (laughs) like the aesthetics i like the ambiance throw me a bone here of what you liked about the last jedi okay so i i sat down and i had to actually write it down because i needed to i needed i needed to put it down like force myself to write it down so i I burdled a little list and it is little uh, good. At number one, good. I did write visual. Like it did look good. The effects look good. The costumes, like even um, Laura, what the fuck's her name? Laura Dern. Laura Dern. I was getting her and Laura Liddy mixed up. Laura Dern. Even with the blue hair and the crazy, like why would an admiral wear that dress-looking thing on a battle cruiser? Whatever. Actually, I still thought that looked cool enough because um, she's part of a rebel alliance. You gotta look good when you're leading the rebel alliance. They're casual, man. They are fucking casual. That was a casual though. That was like super elegant. Like it was like a like a cocktail dress or something. Elegant casual. That's what yeah. the rebellion's going for. That this and purple hair. So you say blue. I thought it was purple. Purple purple blue. I I'm colorblind. I don't know. It was blue spectrum. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that means. It okay. was blue. Okay, it was purple. Anyways. So aesthetics wise. So aesthetic like I like the costumes. I liked um you like I'm with you. Visually, I like it. I will say this, and it kind of sounded like you were the same way. This is not a unique to this movie. This is more of a general. Yes, I. Star no matter Wars what thing. Star Wars I got, I was gonna get the aesthetics. I was gonna get those corridors. I was gonna get the. Yeah, I like interior. the aliens and all that stuff. I do. Yeah. I like that. That was like that's one thing about Star Trek that was always that Gene Roddenberry did it on purpose because he wanted all the aliens to be relatable. Humanoid. Yeah, he wanted the people to be able to see something of themselves or something to know even in the aliens so all the aliens look like people with weird face like bumpy faces on purpose star wars i think made it seem really fantastical because of the aliens and that i like the visuals of that yeah it's more of a continuation um so that's the number one thing i had on there okay so what did you have besides visuals what did you have um okay i i probably get beat up for this but i like the story of the chase the eternal chase they they went about it in a way that you know seemed uh i don't know kind of crappy not the way i would have done it but that's something that i've had to tell myself this entire time is this isn't my movie like Mm -hmm. i don't own this as much as i feel like i should because i've invested so much time and energy into watching star wars thinking about star wars reading star wars novels playing with Star Wars toys, listening to <laughs> 10 hours of fucking Death Star sounds in my office. All, you know, like, all I, last week. <laughs> I don't own it. It's not mine. So this was the story that I was being told. I wasn't, I have no right to dictate what should have happened in this movie because this is the movie they gave us. Now, that's going to fall back on them for giving me a kind of a crappy story, but at least I got over the fact that things didn't go the way that I wanted them to go. And mm-hmm. I've had to, I've had to do a lot of soul searching with that because I despise a lot of post-apocalyptic zombie type movies because for the longest time I've held it against characters 
in The Walking Dead or uh, mm-hmm. any zombie movie or TV show for that matter, if they don't do what I think they should do, I get mad and I, I tune out. Yeah. Now, I, I backtracked a little bit. I, I think that if I think a character is acting contrary to how they've been portrayed that they should act, then I'm justified in hating it. If they're just not doing what I would do, like, oh, grab that gun, grab that gun. You didn't grab the gun. You suck. But if if it's a person that is gun oriented and there's a gun there and they should grab the gun, but they don't just because it didn't serve the plot, then I think that's stupid. Right. Like if you if you give me a gun nut that is all about the guns and then they see a gun, but they don't take the gun, then fuck you. You don't you go away. <laughs> you don't deserve my attention. Right. Right. However, if there's a gun there, but they can't get the gun because of some other thing and it's justified, then yeah. Okay. Which I understand. It usually can be if they just take the time to. Right. Yeah. We've, we've talked about that before that if they and, just. And that's what a plot hole. Yeah. Right. And, um, I, I kind of had to come to this realization in, uh, fear the walking dead when there was a gun on the ground and the girl doesn't take the gun. Oh, you and actually watched so, that? Wow. I, I watched the first season. And it made me puke in my mouth a little bit, but yeah, I watched the first season and I don't even remember much of it because I just wasn't that right. invested in it. it wasn't well, I was I was talking to Don, who was a friend of the show, mm-hmm. and he made a really really good point because we were talking about it. And I'm like, God, oh, there's a gun right there, and she didn't grab it. And the, here come the military, and here come the zombies, and there's a gun right there, she didn't grab it. And he was like, Yeah, but I mean, that's not in her character. She was a housewife that probably was afraid of guns and they might not have explicitly said she's afraid of guns, but I mean, you would have to assume that, you know, a a mild mannered, you know, housewife from the, from the inner city probably had a distrust and distaste for guns. So yeah, she probably saw a gun there, but it probably wasn't her first instinct. Oh, I got to have that gun to protect myself. It was probably like, I got to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. 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 So he kind of brought me around on that one. And I think that, like I said, I don't want to rehash it. Just if a character does something out of character, then you've lost me. You know, whatever. Right, right. So back to Star Wars, just because these characters didn't do what I wanted them to do, that that's just because, you know, they they were doing their own thing. See, and I I'll agree with you, you know, as a general principle. Like I'm I'm all good. In fact I like it when somebody can write a character in a way that I didn't see coming. Like, that still fits with their personality. For this movie, I feel like that's not the case. Like, they took characters, and the biggest glaring one, I think, is Luke. That you got Luke from Return of the Jedi, who is especially, like, you have to you have to take the narrative of the prequels by this point, as well as the original trilogy, because we have all that. That's all canon. Like, they've already said, this counts. So, this is... Here in The Last Jedi, we have a Luke Skywalker who is old, but he he's still the same character. So he knows that his father fucking killed a bunch of, like, you know, toddler Jedis or whatever when he started going yeah. nuts. Younglings. Younglings. Um, and yet he was still going, I sense the good in him. I'm not going to give up on him. I, you know, I will allow myself to be captured so I can try to turn him back to the light side. And then fast forward, what, maybe 15 years? Like the, the timelines are fuzzy, but at the very most, 15 years when he's training his nephew and for no other reason than getting a stupid force premonition is willing to whip out his lightsaber and try to cut him down. Like that's not Luke's, that's 
wildly out of character for Luke Skywalker. I, I have a, a counterpoint, actually. Okay. Because you see, and this is a, it's not a trope. I can't remember what it's called. It's a plot device to some degree that they're going to show you the same instance from two different perspectives. Mm-hmm. One perspective is uh, Kylo Ren telling his version of the story that Luke walks in, you know, fires up the lightsaber, is going to chop him in half because he sensed the dark side in him. And then he saved the day by or blowing up shit, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you hear Luke's point of view, which was he turned on his lightsaber and then instantly came back to his senses. So, yeah, if, I if, guess. You, if you follow the thread of Luke, Luke, like, probably struggled quite a bit. He shows up in Return of the Jedi in black. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a red lightsaber, which was, you know, but he shows up in black. You can tell there's like a little bit of a, a struggle. He probably had to struggle, but in 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 my imagination, in in some of the non-canon stuff now that I've read, like there is always a constant struggle. There's a fight, an internal struggle of dark side, light side balance, yada yada yada. And actually, you you, know, you have a point because there is, like you said, non-canon, but there is. It's from one of the video games, but there's a line the character has. It says, like he when he's starting to learn to use the force, he says, "I never realized." what it was like for a Jedi with the dark side always there. It's, it's not like, it's like, it's not like normal people have a conscience and they might do something bad, even though they know it's bad. It's like for the Jedi, there's actually a force, mm. you know, you know, no pun intended, actually actively reaching out to you always to try to seduce you to do bad things. Yeah. Something from the outside actually pushing you constantly, which makes sense. Well, and, and then you fast forward to this moment where <clears throat> he panics. Because his flesh and blood is laying there and his the person that he's most proud of probably, you know, showing all this promise and it's his bloodline and he wants him to succeed. And then he senses the dark side is is taking a hold. And probably there was that dark side in him that just fired up the lightsaber like, oh, now I got to kill this kid. And then, you know, just wrong place, wrong time sets these things in motion and blah, 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 you know, the rest. But then you just imagine the shame that Luke had by having, you know, his school destroyed, having the people killed, um, and then putting himself into exile. One of the things that struck me as I read about some things, yeah, he was out of character to some degree, but I think what tipped it for me was that he he didn't feel it from the force that one of his friends died. He didn't know Han was dead. And to me, that was an indication that he had pulled himself. He was using the force to not use the force. And they kind of like he like somehow cut himself out from the force or something. Yeah, he he was purposely meditating himself away from using the force and trying to just live a life in exile, which why he left a map for himself, I don't know, but Right. And that's and this is part of the disconnect too because I am thoroughly convinced that none of this is where JJ Abrams meant it to go. Like you could debate whether how much of a plan JJ Abrams had for the next movie if he had one at all because i don't think he it's not like he planned to make the next movie that was kicked out so he set up some stuff knowing that somebody was going to take the reins yeah and i so i mean it's debatable how much of a plan he had but i i guarantee you that none of this was where he thought that things were going to go so he set up a mystery for ray he set up a mystery for snoke snoke and he set up a you know a luke returning moment for the next movie yeah that none of it was really and ryan Ryan Johnson just wiped his ass with it. And Ryan Johnson said, uh, nope, nope, and nope. Yeah. We're going to call it good. Going to make this mine. So, um, but we're going far afield. So 
I do want to tell you one second thing, and this is going into what you said. One thing I liked about it was it, and it's like a double-edged sword because I liked it for this reason and hated it for the same reason, was because it was original. You mean it didn't follow it bucked the Star Wars? It, yeah, it bucked the Star Wars formula, yeah. which I could get behind. And this is, if you want to, I mean, maybe this is me jumping back and forth on topics, but if you want to boil things down, this movie could have been awesome if it was episode 10. Yeah. Maybe even episode 9, but not episode 8. Well, my my take on that is they're rebooting. They're rebooting for a new generation of Star Wars fans. Right, right. And too soon. Th- well, it it's too soon for you. <laughs> well, no, this is... Hey, well, let me just tell you. I'll, I'll tell you because I listened to a YouTube guy review it, and he hated it. And I wanted to know, like, I was, I've been watching these, like, two, three, four-minute clips of people reviewing Star Wars The Last Jedi and how much they hate it and why they hated it. And this guy said... This is his part two review because he went and saw it a second time and he had a huge revelation. And I was like, oh, I got to see what this guy saw the second time around. And the second time he took his seven-year-old son. Yeah. And he said, then I watched the movie through the eyes of my seven-year-old son and he loved every single second of it. Every Mm -hmm. second. He said, my son saw The Force Awakens with me and he ate it up, loved every second. Went and saw The Last Jedi. He loved it every second he said right. has nothing to do with me it's i yep. if if they could find a balance to service the old school fans while still setting up a story for new kids they would have like mega mega blockbusters that's probably where they're where they failed mm-hmm. because it's still appealing to the new people like i guarantee i'm gonna i'm gonna play this for my seven-year-old and she's gonna love it She's gonna yeah. absolutely adore it. Here's the problem the is is it it does if I like it, but it falls flat. It didn't do what I wanted it to do. Anyway, go. Well, I'll say here's the key term in everything you just said was seven year old, mm-hmm. and you said and you said it. They could have. I, I'm not going to backtrack on this one. Like this was a reboot that was too soon because they could have. Um, like all these actors, Harrison Ford, I knew was going to die in Force Awakens. There's, I had no illusions about that because a just knowing in real life they had to back a dump full a dump truck full of money up to harrison ford to even get him to appear in the movie again i mean he he really did not want to do this movie yeah he hated i was like there's no two ways han solo is going to die in this movie that's like okay and i figured and i and i guessed all that like luke hamill luke hamill (laughs) mark mark hamill is going to be done like not even maybe by choice He, he probably actually does enjoy doing the part but Luke Skywalker is going to die in this movie. And then when Carrie Fisher died in real life, I figured she would die too. I thought this would be the movie where both Luke Skywalker and Leia both died. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe they could stretch Luke out to the third movie, but I fully expected Luke to die in this movie just because the actors are old. It's time to give them their last say and then mm-hmm. move on. This was not the movie where they got a, a last say. They hurried it and they fucked it up. And you, like you said, this guy brought his seven-year-old to see it. You said your seven-year-old is going to love it, guaranteed. If they had wrote a good movie that would have uh, appeased the old school fans, those seven-year-olds would still love it. It was not necessary to reboot it the way they did when they did. I, yeah, I they, can agree with that. I can get they, on board. I really I mean, think that they should I don't want to sound like this shitty old nerd guy, That's but seven-year-olds don't have... seven. 
They're seven-year-olds. They love anything. Just got <laughs> They're so stupid. Their they're brains so, are oatmeal. They're so you're, you're stupid kids. That's why you're still kids. <laughs> you want to grow up a, someday? You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to appreciate this for what it is. This is a shit movie. That was a. Uh, <laughs> that that was a Simpsons quote. I'm sorry. Both of them. Mm, thank God. You're still kids. That's why you're still kids. Because they're stupid. <laughs> um. Anyways, but yeah, I mean, seven-year-olds are going to like. Ten-year-olds are gonna like anything. I mean. Up until you're probably like 14, 15, you're not going to appreciate the nuances of stuff. You're going to just like the big flashiness. Yeah. Space but, uh, battles, light yeah. swords, laser swords. So if they were, if they're using, if, if people that use that as an excuse to say, oh, they had to do it because they need to make it new for a new generation. No, the new generation is going to love whatever you throw in front of them for, a, I mean, that as far as that being the new generation, that age, they're going to love whatever you throw up there. So that, I don't, I don't accept that as a, as a reason, as a, as a plus. I personally, don't see that as a they had to do it no they didn't they could have had something that appeased the actual long lifelong fans and the seven-year-olds are going to fucking love it too any of it i wonder if they had just asked mark hamill like he oh you can luke do what would luke do in this situation you can look at a youtube video after youtube video of yo this is when mark hamill warned us what we're in for like i i kind of do think like he told the party line because it was his you know he's gonna pay jack out of it he doesn't want to burn any bridges, all that stuff. But he sat there. And he, I guarantee you, if you sat down and put the fucking sodium pentothal in him, hooked him up to the polygraph <laughs> machine, he would spill his guts. It's like, God damn, I fucking hated this. Well, I'll tell you, when he's sitting there talking to Ray, like, this isn't going to go the way you think it's going to go, and yada, yada, giving her the whole speech. Mm-hmm. And he says, one guy is not going to stand in front of the whole new order with a laser sword and to defeat them. And one, it took me right out of it when he said laser sword. Yeah. Fuck you, dude. It is a lightsaber. You know it's a lightsaber. Why the fuck are you calling it a light sword or laser he's, sword? He's reading the lines put into his mouth. So that is Ryan Johnson saying. Yes. And oh, you stupid laser swords. Get over it. Yeah. It took me right out of it. I was like, fuck. But then what else took me out of it was him saying one person isn't going to stand in front of the new order and defeat them. Fuck you, dude. You already did it once. Yeah. You t- like it proof positive that it works. You did it. Now I can understand that he's like, yeah, it didn't really work because look where we are now. But I mean, if you didn't throw a fucking pity party for yourself and on this island in exile, maybe you could be out there making a difference, and maybe you could be out there fixing this fucking thing. If you did create this mess, get off your ass and go fix it. Well, look what we could look what we got just within Star Wars lore. And this this is like the super geek in me. And this is the number one reason I didn't like this movie is because they could have had Luke. Like everything else is exactly the same. If they would have done what I wish they would have done. This is the fanboy part of me where Luke appeared and I thought this was going to happen. It was such a fucking tease. All of a sudden Luke appears and he's actually there, not some lame ass force hologram. And all of a sudden, these eight these ad ads start firing on him, and he's actually blocking it with the force. Yeah. And he starts ripping into him. Or alternatively, the troopers come out and they're attacking him, and he's like carving his way through them. This is not unprecedented. You have in the prequels, you have the Jedi's taking on massive amounts of guys. You have Yoda lifting X wings like there's no problem. Yeah, like Luke could have. This is not unprecedented in Star Wars. Luke absolutely without being overpowered. Could have wait like with being in exile for thirty years and training himself up in the force says, "Oh yeah, I've learned a few tricks," and starts wailing into them. 
That yeah. would have been, I would have forgiven everything else if they would have had that in the movie. That would have been a good send off for that character. Yeah. Agreed. It would have been. And pretty I thought cool. that was going to happen and I was super geeked up and it didn't happen. I was like, what the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> I walked out of the theater going, you... how did they fuck that opportunity up so hard? Yeah. How? Well, I tell you what, they took Luke Skywalker and turned him into the fucking sixth sense. That was, yeah. that was the ending of the sixth sense. <laughs> He was dead the whole time. Rage, fade away. God damn it! That could have been. That could have been his ending. That I mean, if he, even that would have been fitting. If he afterwards, he could have even lost to Kylo Ren with the excuse of he exhausted himself taking out the rest of those guys. And then Kylo Ren comes down and he's fresh. Luke's tired. Luke's wins, and so Kylo swings the fucking saber at him. Turns into Obi Wan Kenobi style. And he, he Obi Wan Kenobi's and disappears. That would have been a fitting end. I would have been fine with that. Luke kicks ass. Kylo takes him out. It would it would it wouldn't have been a plot hole. It would have been logical, and it would have worked. It would have been an homage to Vader, Obi Wan. It would have worked. It would have been a good send off. And then Episode Nine could have been whatever the fuck they wanted to make it. I would have been okay. But they they just missed opportunity after miss as it is. Speaking of missed opportunities, Carrie Fisher is dead. Leia is still alive. So what's Episode Nine going to be? It's going to have to open up with Leia's funeral. No ifs, ands, or buts. They've already said no CGIs. No lost footage trickery, nothing like that. Yeah. So there's no, there's no, it's going to open with Leia's funeral. That's the only thing. She's going to die off camera. That's the send off they're going to have to get for Carrie Fisher now. Cheap. It's cheap. They could have had her die flying out the airlock. It was not glamorous, but it would have worked. It would have been stark. It would have been like, oh my God, they just killed off Leia. Holy shit. Yeah. And they killed her in such a way that it's, it's, that's how you're all going to go. You know, it's rough. It's rough out here in these. Yeah. Space vacuums. That and then, like okay, so if we're if we're gonna have our pick of how people die, Admiral Akbar should have been the one that fucking speed jumps hyperspace through the. Oh, exactly. Yeah, he went out like a punk too. Like yeah. you, I, I forgot about that. Admiral Akbar, not exactly a huge role, but his, I mean, his reputation is built up a little bit over the years. Well, like he's a memorable character. Yeah, if you think about well. The way memes are today, Admiral exactly. Akbar to the millennials now, or probably more millennials know who Admiral Akbar is, even if they don't know his name. They could certainly recognize him better than they could anybody else because he's I bet, in that goddamn "it's a trap" meme. Uh, yeah, they probably recognize him better than they do Lando Calrissian or something like that. Yeah. Which there's another missed opportunity. They should have had Lando oh. Calrissian be the the code, code breaker, breaker or yeah. or be the contact on Cantobite the the casino yes. planet they should have he should have been there they could have there's so like they said they could have done this movie in a way that with with the plot holes and there were so many plot holes that i can't even i'm just gonna put a pin in it and say okay plot holes boom so many <laughs> plot holes. gravity yeah. of space you know air when they open the the lot to drop the bombs the all that stuff whatever plot holes plot holes plot holes even with all the plot holes, even with some of the nonsensical storylines they had, they could have done a fan service movie where throw Lando in there. Throw like instead of this Admiral, what's her name? Have it be Akbar. Have it be Akbar in that part who sacrifices himself. Have it be Leia who dies in space and Mary Poppins is her way randomly. So that I don't I don't hate that here. scene like everybody else does. I'll tell you that right now. But well, I don't. It, it did look a little ridiculous. I, I could forgive that. But what I hated about it is tied into the number one thing I hate about what they're doing with the with. I'll say this. The new that the, they're making this is a reboot for a new generation. 
if that's the case, I feel bad for the new generation. <laughs> well, because look at what they got. Look at what they have. They have now in in Star Wars lore, it's now boiled down to this: Ray and Kylo Ren. Yeah, they've now backburnered Finn in such a way that he's nobody really cares about him that much. He's like he's useless. He he spent the entire movie being useless. So can, now, who really cares about Finn that much? Can we talk about a timeline issue right now? Sure. Okay, why was Finn in the medical bay at the beginning of this movie? I think you said it once. Like they're already doing this to sell books. The the, the only reason they can explain this away is there's going to be a book coming out or something. Yeah, a, a prequel style book, which all yeah, these probably, movies comic have book to have something. Yeah, a, a a pre story. That's just the way it goes now. But I had I I listened to a podcast where somebody said that Finn was in the medical bay because at the end of The Force Awakens he took the lightsaber to the back. So I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But then if you read the scrawl at the beginning of this movie, it's it's a long. I mean, time has passed. Yeah, yeah. Like it's not a back to back sequel. Like the New Order has has. Time has passed. They've the new order has grown it to such a extent that they're you know what I mean. Like, is, has it been... that between this movie and the last movie, the new order has now taken over governance. Yeah, of... I mean, I know they blew up the planet with the Star Killer base, mm-hmm. where the central government. But it like they wouldn't be able to just how how are they going to take over governance that quick? Like, right. I don't know. It just I needed help with the timeline because if this is a nut to butt sequel to The Force Awakens, I mean, I can see Finn being in the medical bay because he did get his ass kicked. Right, right. But, uh like how how did the new order take over that quickly? Yeah, so yeah, I mean, that's a plot hole. Yeah, okay, plot hole. So We're just going to chalk it up to plot hole. I think so. I mean, it's a it's well, a timeline problem, which is usually a plot hole. I'd say. Yeah, and and most of them require some sort of suspension of disbelief, and and this is what I wanted to get to with the Rogue One scene. You need to also suspend like reason. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and I'll explain. All right, there are certain things that happen that just have to happen in order to make things more visually. I can't say make sense because they don't make sense. But in that scene with Darth Vader and he is just chopping mm. through those rebel soldiers on the rebel ship that yeah. they're trying to get that, the the plans to the Death Star, they're trying to get them onto Leia's ship to mm-hmm. jettison so they can make it to Yavin four, analyze them and destroy the Death Star. So here comes Darth Vader, and he's wow, wow, chopping down people, wow. And then all of a sudden, we get to a door that won't open. Right. Why the fuck won't the door open? <laughs> well, plot magic. <laughs> what? Like, why? Like, why won't the door open? Right. No, I got you. Well, and then one thing, and if you were talking plot holes in that scene, the same thing that it's kind of bugged me, but it's kind of the case for all of Star Wars, is blasters are shooting lasers, which is light. So, like, the you know, quote unquote projectile is literally moving at the speed of light, but he can move his arm quick enough to block it with a laser sword. I I always <laughs> assumed that that was like plasma, like that it wasn't technically lasers. It was like plasma because they they have to recharge, right? Don't isn't there like a reloading or well, I don't know, but either way, it's still at the very least moving at the speed of bullets, which is still faster yeah. than human mind can. Well, the velocity. I don't know. He's using the fucking force, man. I guess. I guess. You know, 
<laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing is, so here, okay, now here's where I have to suspend reason or suspend disbelief or whatever it is you want to call it. But now I have to think that those rebels have shitty maintenance workers. Because <laughs> why the fuck does that door not open? Well, they're a ragtag group of hard luck, you know, scruffy people. They, your maintenance workers and are going to be like, like ships seem to be fine. Just you get <laughs> to a door that you have to now, it only opens like, five inches so you have to stick your arm through and then it opens perfectly when vader uses the force so i just i assume that it's like uh like maybe there's some sort of interlock override (laughs) that failed or you know it was a slider that jumped the motor (laughs) like oh shit if all the times for this to go wrong why why yeah like like the you know, in his mind, he was thinking, God damn it, I put a work order into those maintenance guys <laughs> fucking 20 times. You think they could come down here? Oh, there's a lightsaber through my face. See, and this is Star Wars in general. Ship breaks all the time. Like, how many times did R2-D2 had to fix stuff up, you know, in the original trilogy? Oh, BB-8 can fix anything he fucking wants just by oh, smashing yeah. his head into it. Oh, my God. BB-8 is a miracle droid. Like make all BB-8s replace all your people with that, and you won the war. Like <laughs> BB-8 can do anything. It's an army of BB-8s. Yeah, or uh, evil BB-8s that have actually no screen time no, or no reason to exist. Zero. Like it's all this is a tease. Like ooh, BB-8 versus evil BB-8. It's gonna happen. No, no. BB-8, nope. evil BB-8. The only thing there. that that you know what that droid did. That that evil BB-8 droid, he identified a problem and then did nothing about it. <laughs> and yeah, and nobody paid attention. Nobody did shit. Right, like yeah. he he like zoom you know camera zooms in on this trash can that is moving down the hallway, and he's like, you know that's weird. And then he just goes about his business. He does yep. show up. He shows up when they get captured, but it wasn't him that did anything about it. It was the stupid fucking uh, the code breaker that turned him in. I mean, it's all part of the same storyline that had absolutely no impact on the main story whatsoever. Yeah. Which was the smallest of sins that this movie committed. But, okay, so my <laughs> point... My, my my point was, like, what I, what I say, like, the new generation, if this is their Star Wars, then I feel sorry for them. Because what are they left with? And this is... I've been thinking about it, and I think it boils down to this, is they scrapped the old... I mean, this was Ryan Johnson's line. How many times did he have Kylo Ren say this? Kill, let the past die. Kill it if you have to. That was Ryan Johnson saying, all you stupid fucks out there that love Star Wars, just let it go because this is not your Star Wars anymore. Right, but they can't afford to do that. And let me well, tell you why. I just I wanted to slip this in somewhere because Disney is building a giant section in their Hollywood studios, MGM studios, whatever you want to call it. One of their parks, there's a huge piece that's being dedicated to Star Wars that's going to kind of rely on people like me to go down there and spend my money mm-hmm. i'm going yeah. to but yeah. i mean a stupid 10 year olds you know 11 tools they're not gonna have money to go to disney and spend it's gonna be the parents no, this is the parents that are gonna yeah. go down and they're gonna take their kids and they're gonna go to the star wars land at hollywood studios and they're gonna spend a lot of money going to a hotel that is themed by star wars and it's right you know it's just don't don't kill it let me love it too. That's that's what I want. Don't kill it this early. They, they, they could change it. Like I keep coming back to this point. They could have done all the things they did. I wouldn't have thought it was a good idea, but I would have understood in another movie, two movies down the road. Episode 10 could have done the overarching themes of, okay, we're going to walk away from the good, the light side, dark side stuff. 
the Jedi Sith dichotomy. I get that. I get all that. Like I get where they're going from because you can't just keep harping on the same plot point over and over again. It can't just be about Jedi's going bad and Jedi's Skywalker going, family. Skywalker family. Like I get all that. Even with Ray not having any super magical parents, I appreciate that. If it was not Star Wars, or if it had been after we were all satisfied that the old Star Wars had finally told its story, now we can move on. But they did. They jumped the gun. Now what we're left with is Ray, who is what I what I I saw this somewhere else, and I I, I agree with it. And this is I don't know. I hate to be this guy, but I am. So I'm just going <laughs> to say it. Just do you, man. Ray is the millennial Jedi. Yes, I remember talking about this that. She requires no training, is just good at what she, she does. does. Like people keep saying she's a Mary Sue, which I think she is. But for anybody that's listening, doesn't know what that is. It's a literally like a fan fiction came up with it years ago. Basically, I think it was a Star Wars fan fiction, if I remember right, where a character who's amazingly good at everything, everybody likes them. They're humble. They they always want to do the right thing. There's no tragedy. You know, there's no like angst in them like they're not like they're not an asshole in certain aspects the personality is they're good they want to do the right thing they're automatically good at whatever they try to do everybody likes them the end like there's no character arcs there's no there's nothing multi-dimensional about them they're very what they seem to be and that's right. right and but i say she's the millennial jedi because all she is is somebody that appears out of nowhere and says i really want to make a difference so the universe magically provides and allows her to make a difference without her putting the time in, without have her having to train to get better, to foster relationships that are going to help her. Like this is what millennials, the stereotypical millennial. Like I hate to be, like I said, I hate to be the guy that's like <laughs> grumpy old man, right? But the stereotypical millennial is, you know what? I wanna, I wanna have it. Like and they've done surveys, like in real life, they've done surveys of early twenties, late teens, early thirty year olds who jump from job to job to job at an alarming rate because they always say the same thing. I feel like I'm not making a difference. I feel like I'm not doing something significant. Yeah. It's like you don't get to make a difference or do something significant until you put your time in, until you master your field, until you've developed the skills and the networks but it's that not, allow you to so, do that. Yeah, they don't like it. They want the shortcut. Trying, though. I mean, she tried to get Luke to train her. Yeah, but she didn't. But she automatically became good anyways. And honestly... Maybe I'm missing a few beats, but did she get Luke to try to train her? Like well, he he does. He decides to train her, and he says there'll be three lessons, and the third one never comes, never yeah. spoken of. Plot point that's messed. Up. But does she actually? I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm trying to remember where she actually says, "Can you train me?" More, it's more like, "Here's your lightsaber, come help us." Not so much, "Can you train me to be a Jedi?" She has she has a couple lines, and I think when she's talking about. He, they're talking about the the hole in the island that goes down and there's evil yeah, down yeah, there and yeah. you go down and you find out about yourself and I, I feel like there's some scenes that you know and the whole blue titty milk drink <laughs> thing and the spear and the fish and all that that was a montage of him explaining to her though silently that living on this island is hard mm-hmm. like, if you're gonna if you want to be trained you have to understand that it's not easy to live here um and then he does he does explicitly tell her that you know they talk about the books they talk about yeah like i said i think i'm missing i'm I'm, i might be just forgetting some you you must you probably couldn't hear it over the sound of your eyes rolling my teeth grinding yeah yeah but uh 
Yeah, when he started sucking on the blue titty. Well, okay, he didn't suck on the blue titty, but he might he as well an have. Filled an Nalgene bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when I was like, huh, how about that? That's, a, that's happened. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> I could have seen, uh, I could have watched five or ten more minutes of him just milking, milking the big sea walrus. You got the gif on a loop just on your desktop. Like, <laughs> oh, 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 squirt. Yeah, squirt it. Oh. And then he like has it running through his beard and he looks at her all like crotchety old man style. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> it was it was a bizarre scene, but I think you know they were going for something. It was an they, Easter egg. It was a callback to the blue milk and the yeah. It was, and it was an an opportunity for him to explain that it was hard to live on the you know if you live here, you're going to have to drink yeah. blue milk from a seawaller's tits. But I mean, so yeah, so Ray is a total like good at everything without having to because all she has to have is a a, a spirit that wants to do good. Yeah. Hard work does not come into it. Doesn't have to. So that so that's your hero. That's the new generation. That's your hero. The girl that doesn't have to try. And then what's your villain? Like Emo Vader. <laughs> <laughs> I've got such like if I've I've seen so many people praise Adam Driver's nuanced performance as the angsty Kylo Ren. I don't dislike it. I fucking I hate it. I don't think he's the best, but I also I think that he's serviceable and I mean, as an actor, like I'm not actually shitting on Adam Driver or uh, Daisy Ridley. Like, seriously, I'm not like they are good actors that do good in the roles are given. I'm talking to the people that are writing these parts that are saying, okay, what's what do I want a villain? I want a guy that throws a temper tantrum all the time. Okay. Well, that does nothing but whine when he gets on screen time. Let me tell you, there's a, there's a line in, the movie where Snoke is talking about Hux and he says like something along the lines of a sniveling person with power is a good person to keep around. Right. Yeah. Some, like some along those lines comes through for you something like that. Yeah. It, like he, he has some snide shitty comment about Hux to mm-hmm. right there in front of uh, Kylo Ren. And if I were Kylo Ren in that moment, I'd be like, Okay, so what the fuck do you say about me? Exactly. Like, so you basically Snoke was keeping Kylo Ren in that emo mode. Like, that's what I took away from it. Like, I'm going to keep I'm going to I'm going to take the leash off just enough to give him power, but I'm still going to treat him like a stupid little teenager. I'm going to, you know, he's constantly fucking up. So I'm going to remind him of certain things. I'm going to do things in front of him. And that's going to keep him like his gauge is going to be right at the spot where I want it. So he'll perform for me. <laughs> so I, to me, like Kylo Ren comes off as the other side of the Mary Sue that he was able to beat Luke and run away with a couple of with the aid of some of the other people and never learned how to be anything other than a teenager. And probably felt force feelings for his grandfather and probably heard the lore of his grandfather and that mm-hmm. appealed to him and somehow like wearing the mask and being a teenager trapped in a man's body, you know, throwing temper tantrums because I have this power, right. you know, why can't I just be my grandfather? Why can't I be the all powerful? So like, that's what I get out of Kylo Ren. Just this kid that's been kept a kid because he's useful that way, not because he's going to grow into be anything big. Well, and then what is that, the whole situation you just described, where does that set up? 
that sets up to be the actual villain, the actual one you want to pay attention to is Snoke. Yeah. Who yeah, goes yeah. out like a punk. Yeah, he does. He goes out like like I am a super mastermind. I'm like playing five D chess. I right. am I am so many moves ahead of you. I can see things in the future. Yeah. I can manipulate things across the universe, and you're gonna fool me. Right, especially but, by halfway through this movie, I had firmly decided that the most intriguing character in this entire new franchise, this entire new trilogy, was Snoke. Like, okay, where does this guy come from? He's this he's like like I wanted to know what he was doing while the Emperor was doing his thing. Because I was now fascinated by that idea. I wanted to know, did he stumble across Kylo? You know, Ben Solo? Did he foster this guy secretly while Luke was training him? And was he powerful enough to mask his presence from Luke? You know, like I, I'm saying like, man, I, I am now fascinated by Snoke. I am now fascinated by this. Like, this is my villain. This is my guy. This is my master manipulator. My super powerful dude and ryan johnson said no 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 forget all that shit we don't care i don't care you're not gonna care i'm gonna take him out he's disposable fucking fucking kylo ren is a villain for you fucking kylo ren who can't stop whining who has no plan for anything who his strategy is the furthest thing from his mind who his entire being is made up of fuck you fuck that guy fuck everybody i'm just gonna do me that's my villain for you congratulations new fucking generation this is your Vader. And he doesn't really have uh, anything to focus on. I mean, he's got no goals. Even even in the Empire or Return of the Jedi, Vader says it very explicit, explicitly, come with me and together we'll rule the galaxy. Like, like he Vader, wants... Over everything else, he wants to keep order. He wants to make yes. a galaxy full of peace. He's not afraid to do horrible things to do. Break them. some like, eggs to make an omelet. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. Break, break some younglings. <laughs> you you have to mow down your enemy in order to have you know supreme power. He's like, an he, end was, justifies the means. Like he's like, I'm going to have a universe of galaxy full of peace and order where everybody can. Nobody has to worry about war. Nobody has to worry about like that's Vader. That is Vader all day long. This is a guy that's like, I just want to have order and peace in the galaxy. And anybody that's disturbing that, I'm going to treat with zero tolerance. Yeah. I'm going to force choke people. I'm going What's to cut Kylo them Kylo Ren? Kylo Ren is, yeah. I don't like my parents. Rah! I don't like Snoke. Ray. Come on, Ray. Let's join up. No fun. Ah, I'm going to kill you. Ah, oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. That's my Kylo. favorite portrayal of a bad guy in cinema. <laughs> To date, <laughs> he's emo Vader. That's all he is. Yeah, he is. And, not, Darth Vader is one of the greatest villains in cinema history. Kylo Ren is one of the greatest jokes in cinema history. So I'll say the only direction they can go in the next film is to uh, mature Kylo Ren. And, and now it won't ring true unless a significant number of years have passed between episode nine and ten. Or he has the a wake actual, up call that yeah. is. Any actual like a maturing is going to have to happen off screen. It will not happen, and it will not ring true whatsoever. Yeah. So I also heard somebody said it, and I I kind of get it. He is as a villain, he is the alt right. Like I seriously think they politicized a little uh, more of this than they should have. Like he is what the I don't know what you call it, the mainstream culture would look at a typical like a caricature of somebody on the alt right, a man child who is just stuck in the like obsessed with the past like i know he keeps he keeps saying like kill the past and all that stuff but extreme in his actions 
Ex- yeah, like I'm just gonna go far to the wall. I'm gonna say the most extreme things and do lash out in the most extreme ways because I can't accept the way my life is going. Like he's like the alt right villain. So you got Ray's the millennial hero and Kylo Ren's the alt right villain. <laughs> That's what we're left with. Yeah, I I did not take anything political out of this. I tried, and I, did, I, and I, and I, I don't want to put too much of that in there, but I do think there's an element. I, I honestly do I think there's a bit of an element of like maybe not political so much as just well, I mean, contemporary culture, like strong, contemporary 2017 culture. Strong female leads, um, which I'm fine with. I I love strong female leads. I have I know, no. I'm, like, I'm I just not shitting on that. I'm I'm thinking that like it there was a message there that you know minorities and strong female leads can get the job done and that's fantastic that's right you know hopefully they can and i love ray as you know as millennial as she is like i like i liked the mystery of not knowing her who her parents were i hope kylo ren was feeling feeding her full of shit i hope in the next movie kylo ren matures and Ray learns that she's been duped and her parents really are out there looking for her and she needs to find them. See, like I, and I, I do not. Because I think that if they did that in the next movie, that would just come off as nothing but backpedaling and sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, God, oh, we're, we're so sorry. We're sorry, sorry, sorry. Like, after watching this movie, that line at the beginning of Force Awakens where that... <laughs> this should make things right. Right. Now I look back, I'm like, fuck you, dude. Like, holy shit, not like, I, I don't know. I, I actually look at it like, okay, now you're going to start off by shitting on everything that came before. If they do this in, like, I know that's a weird statement to make it up. I want to touch on that later. But uh, if they do this with episode 10, where they backpedal on everything, all of a sudden Ray is a fucking Skywalker and Kylo becomes like a cold, calculating villain like Darth Vader. I'm like, you know, I, I'm just going to look at like, at least have the strength of your convictions, you assholes. Like now you're like, backpedaling to try to like, like if George Lucas cracks. had made Jar Jar Binks be the ultimate bad guy, I could have respected that. Like, yeah. like if they would have on episode three, all of a sudden revealed that Jar Jar was manipulating things behind the scene, I would have respected. Like, man, he stuck. Like the, the amount of hate he got for Jar Jar Binks, if he would have stuck to his guns and revealed him to be the ultimate bad guy and made it coherent, showed how he manipulated things behind the scene, I would have had mad respect for that. Yeah. And if in episode 10, they work with the pile of dog shit they were left with and make a coherent thing out, I will find renewed respect for it. But if all they do is backpedal and they reveal that, oh, Ray actually, like Kylo was lying and Ray's actually Obi-Wan's granddaughter or some bullshit like that. And it's Snoke's like, surprise, fuckers, I'm alive. Ah, I got robot <laughs> legs. You didn't actually kill me. You know, and I, here's my story. I'm, you know, Palpatine's twin brother. Ah. <laughs> Yeah, now that they've they've lost my like this move this is why i hate this movie because they have ruined it going forward they can't fix it without coming off as nothing but disingenuous and there's no going this like this is it like i, I feel like i really want this to all be a dream like that's the only salvation they like somebody wakes up and luke luke's like whoa that was crazy right anyways <laughs> what's this oh your name's ray here's a lightsaber thanks let's let's train you you know yeah that's the as only hokey, time that as that, hokey as that would be that would be like there's actually there's actually a petition. Like it's yeah. it's stupid, but that's one of those petitions I where they say forget this one, remake it before you remake like remake episode nine before you do episode ten. You like, mean you throw mean this episode... one on the scrap heap, remake episode nine, 
then make 10. Or 8, 8 and 9. No, people are generally okay with Force Awakens. Force Awakens is 7, though, right? What'd I say? Oh, yeah. Jeez, I've been saying 9 and 10 the whole time. <laughs> Damn. 8. Wow. What the hell am I eight. talking about? Okay, so every time I said 10, I meant 9. Sorry. I apologize. Okay, so, yeah. Remake Episode 8. Jesus. Wow, I feel bad about myself. <laughs> Okay, that's okay, and then that's okay. We'll count Rogue One as numbers are hard. An, well, they're in Roman numerals. It's crazy. It's just nuts. That's how that's how furious I am. I forget my numbers. <laughs> I'm uh, adding movies where there's no movies. Everybody, so, everybody knows what you mean. Remake Episode Eight. Forget this version of Episode Eight. Call it a call it a mistake and move forward. And then you know what? I could almost get as weird as that would be. I'd be like, yeah, okay, do that. Yeah, do that. Call it call it episode eight, you know, episode eight, the real last Jedi or <laughs> two Jedi's, two broke Jedi's. I don't episode know. nine. We were just kidding about the last one. <laughs> no, that wouldn't be episode nine. It'd be the new episode eight. I don't. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want that. I, I like no, it. I'm, I think I'm as much as there were problems, I think it fits and it is what it is and it, they're going to move forward and if they're fine with losing people, I'm looking at the numbers right now. Uh, they're doing okay. <laughs> oh, but I want to talk about this. So the last shit I did set a record if, from, from what I saw. I looked at look, yeah, like a legit source. The last shit I did set a, set a record from the biggest drop between opening weekend and second weekend ever. That could be, but worldwide they they made one point two. Oh no, no, it's a it's <laughs> it's a good problem to have. Like yeah, you know the biggest drop for this is still like doing numbers that every other movie in the world is envious of. Yeah, but let's I mean unpackage that. People went into this movie opening weekend thinking they're going to see something that they didn't see. Word of mouth spread, and all of a sudden second weekend rolls around, and people are like, oh shit! Like a lot of the numbers from like the Force Awakens, I guarantee you, are people going on weekend two to see it again. Yeah, I mean I'm not, I'm not saying like significant portion, but. Well, okay, yeah, significant portion. I would say, you know, statistically significant number of people went and saw it again, you know, second weekend because they loved it that much. Mm-hmm. You're not getting that this time. And then there's the, the notorious, if anybody listening is, was paying attention, you have the whole review divide where the critics gave it something like 90% positive reviews. Yeah. The audience reviews were like 50%. This was the lowest reviewed Star Wars movie ever. Even below... Any of the prequels. <clears throat> yeah, it, any of the prequels. Attack of the Clones, I think, was the lowest until this one came out. This is the lowest reviewed Star Wars movie by audience ever, well, uh, whereas the critics all loved it. Yeah. So now the conspiracy theories run. I'm not jumping on that one so hard, but. Uh, let me see what Rogue One did. But uh, The Force Awakens made over $2 billion worldwide. Mm-hmm. Um, Last Jedi is at $1.2 billion right now, and that number will go up. Um, let's see what Rogue One made. Uh, real quick, so I'm looking at something from Forbes. Uh, the Forbes does it <clears throat> dubs the last Jedi as the 100 million losers club, which they call a still rare group of films that opened so high and then dropped so hard that they made over 100 million less on their second weekend than their first. Yeah. So the group includes Age of Ultron, Batman vs Superman, and Jurassic World. So people going in the basically on reputation go people going into it being massively disappointed word of mouth spreads and all of a sudden the numbers for the second weekend drop in a huge way yeah so so almost objectively there's something wrong with this movie and you know 
I can't deny it. I've seen it, and I can't deny that there's something wrong with this movie, but it's not enough for me to dislike it so much that I'm willing to jettison it. Um, by the way, Rogue One made one billion, one billion fifty six million. Yeah, I think Last Jedi has already passed. Or... It has. Uh, Last Jedi may, has made one point two billion. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Force Awakens made two. So hey, Disney has made their money back. <laughs> yeah, and... buying Star Wars. And this is the cynical part because I feel like Disney is just like you know we're gonna make this our own. Fuck everybody else. You're gonna watch it because this, and this is what it comes down to. If this was, if this movie with its basic plot points had been called, you know, space battle, something like that, I would have been like, okay, this is kind of cool. I, I kind of see what they're doing here. I, I like some of the plot points, the characters. I still don't think I would like too much, but I like some of the thematic elements they're trying to throw in there, where it's it's not black and white. You're trying to have a hero that's not, you know, it doesn't have a legacy. You're you're trying to you're throwing in there a, a the bad guys saying you know, the, the guys are arrogant and they shouldn't assume they have all the right answers. Like I get all those things, but it's not space battle. It's star Wars. The only that, and it's so cynical. It's so they look at their wide audience saying, there's a reason why you're going to see this movie. And we're going to take that reason. And we're going to shit all over it. And we're going to well, expect you to like it. Cause if you don't, then you're an asshole for, <laughs> you know, yeah. for saying that, Oh, it should be what you think it's going to be. I have to defend Disney a little bit just because I think that they have a bad reputation for doing things like that. Just just because they're known for wholesome entertainment and Mm -hmm. churning out whimsy, you know, like I think that there are enough cynical people that hate Disney because it's Disney, you know, just because I I know I know where you're coming from. I'm just saying that. I, I defend Disney on this because they're doing a pretty bang up job with Marvel and sure. and I don't think so far they've done a truly terrible thing to Star Wars. I mean, does this movie miss the mark? Yeah. But Rogue One has climbed to be one of my favorite Star Wars movies. And I'm a pretty big Star Wars nerd and I love Rogue One and that's got Disney's fingerprints all over it. I agree with you, but they could get away with that with Rogue One because it was a side story. Like yeah. they could they, they threw their Easter eggs in there and they and they shoehorned it in. But, but and they and they were able to do these original things because they were oh, completely original characters. Do you think that at the tippy top of Disney they're sitting there going, We've pigeonholed ourselves with this fucking Skywalker family. We've got to do something about it. Yes. I I do think that, and I think they jumped the like I said that before. I think they jumped the gun. Yeah, like I'm not I'm not shitting on Disney for doing what they think. I'm not shitting on Disney for doing what they needed to do. Like they needed to do all this stuff. They just should have done it. Next movie, honestly, I think because we all know this. We search your feelings. You know it to be true. These <laughs> trilogies are not going to end anytime soon. After oh, episode God, nine. No. Episode 10's coming in 2021 or something you like that. You know they've already given Ryan Johnson his own trilogy, right? Oh, God. Did you know this? See, and this the, is the problem. Like, the plot points I get, the writing was bad. The the Seriously, the, the, the characterization in the writing was not good in this movie. So Ryan Johnson steering this stuff, I'm not that enthused about whatsoever. Well, the High Mucky Mucks uh, watched the... Uh, the last Jedi and they loved it so much. They told Ryan Johnson, they greenlit sight unseen, a whole trilogy side story that he can do. What now, did they like? I'm still getting through this. What, <laughs> what did they like that they thought 
was like what did they, did they like the emo vader they like mary sue millennial ray I, I, what did they like so much about this they like, are probably not watching it that way or or they are so inside like who knows i know it doesn't work because we're the fans and we're spending our money but there might be some sort of insider line in this movie that if you are an insider, you get it. And that's, it's a travesty. I would love to know what it is, but can you imagine if there's like, like notes that they've taken that this happens because of this and this happens because of this, and they might be privy to how the story is going to end. And this might set it up so perfectly that they're like, yes, they don't know what's going to hit them. You did such a good job that we're going to give you your own side story. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, this means this means that they're anti-abortion, and this means <laughs> that they are eco-friendly, and this means that you know transgender issues are at the forefront of politics today. You know, like who knows what the fuck they're watching, and they know what all this stuff means. Whereas we're going to watch a Star Wars movie that doesn't preach to us. Oh, wait a second. <laughs> Sorry, I. What was we've I got, thinking? Yeah, we've got you know, you know who knows. But the story is that they loved it so much that they gave him his own trilogy to do whatever he wants with. See, this is, and this is the, like, I sent you a link a couple of days ago of a guy that did a pretty even-handed review of it. Yeah, like, it, was what it was fantastic. It was, right. it was and probably this is where, the best one. Yeah, and this is where I, this is where I hate myself and I want to back up. Because I find myself becoming this, and I hate myself for it, this stupid internet troll fanboy. Because there's a significant portion of me that wants, just super wants, the top brass at Disney or whoever's pulling the trigger on these things to feel the fan backlash, <laughs> to feel my anger. Yeah. Because I want to, what did Rob say once? Fist fuck my keyboard and get <laughs> the word out and make sure everybody knows how shitty this movie was. I There's a significant portion of me that wants them to feel my anger and just look at Ryan Johnson and say, "Whoa, we were wrong about you, buddy. Uh, never all that stuff we were greenlit. Never mind. You, right. you dropped the ball. You did a you you failed us, and well, we're going to have to go with somebody else." Okay, let me paint a picture for you. Right? So like, I know that's never going to happen. But listen, there's a small part so of me that wants the reviews. The fan reviews came in, and some intern like pulls a telegram off a dot matrix printer, and he reads it, and he's like. Holy shit! I gotta take this to the top brass. So he's running. He's running down a corridor to the office where all these top brass people are, and he's like, "Oh my god! When they read this, they're gonna know how bad Ryan Johnson fucked up." And he bursts through the door, and like nobody's paying attention because they're all counting money. Yes, <laughs> and, that, and, and, and he's like, he's like, <laughs> I have but- bad news. And the the sound of the money counting machines is like drowning him out. And they're like, hold on. We'll get to you in just a second. We've got to fill this duffel bag full of $100 bills. <laughs> how much can we deposit at once? Okay. So how many deposits would we have to do to put all this money in the bank? You know? Yes. Yeah. That's how it happened. Yeah. And I saw this little interview with Brian Johnson afterwards. He said, he's just like sitting there grinning. And he's like, oh, yeah, I think people really liked it. It's like, yeah, I mean, you're always going to get these hardcore fans that aren't disappointed, but I'm pretty sure like 90% of people yeah. were really on board with it. So that's cool. You know, maybe the 10%, uh, well, too bad for them. And that infuriated <laughs> me. That you set know me what? off. Oh, my God, that hit every button I had. And I'm sitting there like, okay, this is just my stupid tribalism. This is just, 
This is just okay. Somebody is discounting my opinion, so now I'm mad. Like I, I recognize it, and I hate I, myself for it. Yeah. But I would if I found out tomorrow that, like you know, the Disney King. I don't even know who the fuck <laughs> is Disney? in charge of Disney. Dilly just like a news article. Uh, the Disney King went and slapped Michael Johnson across the face and said, "Why? Why did we listen to you? We were wrong." I was like, I would get the biggest boner. Oh my god. I would have to change my pants or something. I don't know. I would, I, I would be like, oh, yes. I thought of you the other day. I was in the grocery store, and uh, you know how they have magazines next to the checkout counter? Yeah. Like, one of the headlines for one of the magazines was, Star Wars The Last Jedi gives fans everything they needed. <laughs> you know, it was like, oh. services the fans. And, and I was just like, <laughs> oh, they wrote that. Like immediately, like almost like the next day, like, okay, this is, and this is where I come, this is why this feeds into it because you are, well, I was going to say you are the only one, but now I have talked to somebody else. So you are one of two people that I know that will say they enjoyed this movie. That's it. Everybody I know, my family, all my other friends have seen it. Everybody universally, universally dislikes this movie or outright hates it. Well, so you do know know that Don doesn't give a fuck about your movie opinions. (laughs) What no? Is that the other? Never. Is that the other person? No, no. It was uh, somebody that doesn't. We used to work with it. I don't want to name any names, but okay. Somebody we used to work with that doesn't work with us anymore. I talked to him today, and he's like, oh, "I love that movie." I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah." <laughs> I tipped uh, Yeah, I but, um, it, but, I do, so- I do suffer a little bit from the idea that uh. I I'm enjoying it more and more the more I hear people hate it and you're and you're kind of a natural contrarian so I get that <laughs> I, I understand but uh but like okay so like this is typical this is I watch at a theater like a little bit shell shocked like what like, kind of like you like don't poke it just I, I'm like yes. okay that fight that they had in the throne room was pretty cool oh my just, god that was the best part of the whole movie that was the only good part of the movie but so I'm I'm saying like like same thing like okay um. You know the the space battle was cool, okay. But gravity, okay. No, no, no. Gravity in space. Don't touch that. Don't touch it. Yeah. And then I was talking to my brother, like texting my brother, and he's like, "Have you seen it yet?" I said, "Yes." What did you think? I go, "It was original." Like I didn't want to. <laughs> I didn't want to bias him. So he goes, "Okay," and he sees it. And a couple of hours later, I get a text, and it's literally this is a quote: "This movie could kiss all of my ass." <laughs> and I'm like, and that's and that was like the that was like the fucking dutch boy pulled his finger out of the dike yeah what just happened i was like fuck yes fuck this movie yep and wow. like um do you ever hear the website the chive oh yes yeah keep i looked at the, the dave yeah you know keep calm and chive on like i was looking at the day after flipping through one of the random you know pictograph things and all of a sudden it said last shot and right across it said fuck this movie <laughs> and like i just kept like the like right after i just kept seeing it i kept seeing it and i'm like yeah okay i'm not alone holy shit this is happening like uh, this is not just me and then i started seeing stuff online with from the professional sites the professional reviewers and i saw article after article like on yahoo news or whatever saying oh my god the twist in this lived up to the hype i'm like what (laughs) and this movie provided everything this this is maybe the greatest star wars installment ever i'm like what fucking movie did you see it just started (laughs) infuriating me like i couldn't believe people could be that ignorant oh my god it's just i felt i never felt that much anger for a stupid inconsequential 
utterly subjective form of entertainment in my life. Like I, I can't believe I got to this point in my life. And it I took hate myself for it. Thirty years of build up, and it just yeah. shit on it. Just absolutely like looked you uh, locked eyes with you while it's squatting and shitting on your lawn. <laughs> And that's licked what, its lips. And licked that, its lips. <laughs> that's what happened. Um, well, I, I'm I can't comment to that. But uh, what I will <laughs> say is, uh, we got off topic. We were saying what we liked and what we disliked. About <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, we were uh, field. I have to say that there were enough things in this movie that disappointed me, or that I didn't like, that I didn't think made sense. That when I did leave the theater, I knew I was going to work and I knew I was going to talk to you about it. Mm-hmm. And like, I almost dreaded that. And I, I'm pretty sure those were my first words when I said I saw it. I'm yeah. like, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> yes, exactly. That was it. You're right. You're like, yeah, cause, because yeah, cause I sat down next to I looked at you like, cause you just seen it like what, like not even an hour before or something yeah. like that. Right? Yeah. I, w- I left the theater and went to work and I was right. like, I, and I was like, so you saw it. You're like, I don't want to talk about it. I'm like, Oh, and my, I honestly, my first impression was I took that to mean that you were in shock and you just wanted to, like, you didn't want, you wanted to hold on to that last thought of hope or something like that. So I was like, I get it. Because I was there too when I walked out of the theater. I did. I, as I was pushing the doors open to leave the theater, my thought process was, I don't want to unpack this movie. I don't want to unpack it. I don't want to go somewhere and like read other people's opinions because they're going to hate it. And this is a star Wars movie and it's supposed to be good and I'm supposed to like it. And I know if I'd like it, I'm just saying I like it because it's star Wars and it's a stupid movie and all these bad things happened and I don't (laughs) want to watch a star Wars movie ever again. Uh, But I mean, since then I've come up with my own, my own theory on shit. And I've, I kind of like, talked about it a lot um with some of the people that didn't like it at work and like the whole gravity thing i've come up with my own reason for that happening you know the bombs dropping and yeah you know i've had to leave a lot to my own imagination why things that don't make sense you know that why don't they make sense why don't like (laughs) hux like general hux like this young buffoon is in charge charge of anything why like well this is the beginning of the movie when the other star destroyer commanders are like they're old grizzled dudes they're like people that have seen battle before like they're all these people that are just like the kind of sub commanders or battleship commanders you'd expect to see like they're probably moths from the old empire yeah and then you've got general hux that have been he's been put in power by the supreme leader and he's a bumbling idiot. He went from, you know, being the super tactician Hitler from the first movie to now he's like a, a joke. Oh, yeah. Literally. That's all he was. That's Literally all he was the spot of the joke. Line. He was a punchline. Yep. And that didn't make any sense to me. You That doesn't make any sense. Well, in, this the, was... in the original trilogy, the people that were in charge of the Star Destroyers were actual, like, people you'd expect to see in charge of Star Destroyers. Yeah, you get the impression that if Tarkin had lived, the Rebels would have been fucked. Because this was like a yes. competent commander. Yeah, he like, was he, the he guy that was going to make... Like, yeah. Am I the only one that's going to give the order to blow up a fucking planet and kill billions of people? Okay, I'll do it. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Do it. Like, there's Fire a reason why he gave Vader orders. Like Vader was the Emperor's hitman. He was not the Emperor's strategist general. Right. You know? That was Tarkin. That was Tarkin. So you had and, the, you got the real impression that if Tarkin had lived, he, the rebels would have been fully fucked. Yeah, 
Instead, we have friggin' Benny Hill or, you know, Jim Carrey. Yeah. As the commander of this dreadnought ship that... <sighs> Where do you find... And this is like... A... Okay, this is my last... Like, we... we... There's a whole section I would kind of want to talk about. So I, uh, this is my last statement. Yeah. Is at, at the end of everything, the people, if you're listening to this and you liked it, ask yourself this. What is the impetus? What is the motivation for you to see the next movie? Like, what is the crisis point that you need to see what happens? Because as things stand, you have the first orders and who's in charge. You have Ben fucking Kylo Ren Solo, who his entire thing, he's, He's like Vader. He's a he's the strike force guy. He's not a command. He's not a general. He's not a strategist. He's not a tactician. So you have him in charge, and then you have Hux, who's now Kylo Ren's bitch, who's going to be afraid to say anything. As if if he does have strategy, he can't really use it. But why would we think he has strategy anyways? Because we've already shown he's a buffoon. That he's a joke that comes up with one good idea every once in a while. So the first order is not this overarching menace that is breathing down the neck of the resistance. They're just not. They're a joke. Their their entire core has been hollowed out. The well, resistance now has Rey, who is fucking Yoda powerful in the Force now. Why wouldn't she just go in there and start fucking shit up? Like, there's no danger. There's no driving, oh my god, I can't wait to see how they get out of this. I can't wait to... I need to know how they're going to survive. No, this is like, right now, in the resistance base... They're all fucking high-fiving each other going, yeah, we won. Holy shit, Snoke's dead? He was the only one that actually kept this thing going. There's nothing. There's no reason for me to see the next movie. Okay. There's not. In the next movie, you're going to get um, Kylo Ren struggling with his feelings for the light side. Mm. Not Jedi, obviously, because... Jedis are Jedi's, done. Yeah, Jedis are done. But he's going to struggle with his you know, light side, dark side, light side, dark side, light side, dark side... Hopefully, it's a struggle because he's in love with Ray, mm-hmm. and there's some sort of like romance or something. Maybe take his shirt off a little bit more. See, in my world, see, this is what I think. I think Snoke was playing matchmaker. I think <laughs> I think he wanted uh, Kylo Ren to bang the shit out of Ray. They produce a child that is so force sensitive that that's his successor like he was breeding a super force user that's what i want to believe like why else would you like tune these two into each other while one of them's not wearing a shirt you know (laughs) you you get my drift was that snoke doing that i don't remember now yes snoke was snoke was connecting them neither one of them knew what was going on yeah yeah. just all of a sudden they were and see that shows how little i paid attention to the shitty plot points because that didn't come through to me at all. I thought, like, it fit with everything else that they just randomly connected with through the Force with each other. Because the, the plot line now is the Force, the light side of the Force is cognizant of whatever and just any meeny miny mode the galaxy and picked Ray out to be its representative. Yeah. That's the plot point we are sitting on right now. Unless Kylo Ren was full of shit. Yes. Which which, I know you don't want that to happen, but it could which, happen. Well, which, where we're sitting right now, Ryan Johnson's vision is exactly what it looked like. Ryan Johnson had no twists other than to say, fuck your twists. Right. He didn't leave uh, a crumb trail to lead you to believe that Ray was anything other than the daughter of drunks. No, I mean, he's he's fleshed this out in interviews. He's like, I'm not red herring. This, this. Ray is a nobody. Snoke is dead because I didn't care about Snoke. He's like, I don't I didn't think the audience would care about Snoke. 
we could we like we could set up a backstory for Stoke, but that would eat up time. You know what? That entire side story with Finn and Rose could have been scrapped, <laughs> and we could have got the soak the Snoke backstory. But then, which when would have been way more engaging, how would you get the message that you're not supposed to abuse animals or power or money? And Don't sell weapons. Don't be a one percenter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, too okay. much, too much fucking social issues in this movie too. I just, ugh. I look forward to uh kylo ren and ray having like a bang bus session <laughs> and popping out a kid the kid struggles with being good or evil and in the end uh they all die a gruesome death i don't know i bye bye skywalkers that like that's what i want that's what i would have wanted for episode 10 nine Fu- no for episode 10 like the new the new trilogy <laughs> oh I the new trilogy I you got it down. This time. I got it. I, I got it right this time. I, I thought about it. I had to get it right in my head before I said it. Uh, That's what I would have wanted. Not fucking episode eight. Not this needed to be. This needed to be at least this one. The farewell to the Star Wars we knew. Make Luke go out in a way that we liked. Have Leia go out in a way that we liked. I mean, you got to do what you got to do because Carrie Fisher died. But this movie was filmed before she died, so this is what they were going to say about Carrie about Leia. This is it. Like this is not like aborted because of Carrie Fisher's dying. This was the story of Leia yeah. sitting around with a thumb of her ass, flown through space like Mary Poppins. Like I'm sorry, that was a, kind of a stupid scene. I, I just it was for yeah. me. I I did I thought that was hokey as shit. Well, okay, can we examine it for just a second? Okay, sure. I agree with you. The way she flew back to the ship was not ideal, but the fact that this person that had the potential to be just as powerful as Luke to think that she hadn't somehow realized her powers and then honed them in some way that was nonviolent impressed me. Like it didn't bother me that they shot her into space and she used her force force powers to make herself live. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that is, that is a perfectly nonviolent way for her. Like I wouldn't have expected Leia to use her force powers to do anything other than, healing or to keep people alive or you know to do those types of things um if they just had thrown a line in there about her sort of developing her abilities over the years even if they didn't show it i could have bought that right but but it needed to be a surprise for the audience like i bet you motherfuckers all forgot that she could use the force bada bing this is how we're gonna do it again i don't completely agree with the execution i think that i think that it was cool that Kylo Ren couldn't pull the trigger, but then his like wingmen did. Like to me, that was like a you know those two pilots. You know when they got back, <laughs> they had a conversation. Yeah, <laughs> they were exactly. like, "Did you get? Did you try to kill my mom?" No, no. I'm saying those two pilots that destroyed the Leia that shot Leia. You know when they got back and like debrief, they were like, "Uh, yeah, the guy that is in charge couldn't kill his mom." Oh right, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they were. Right. I'm sure do I put this in a report or do I have well, right. emo Vader fuck me up if I do <laughs> Do I have to write a report on this? <laughs> but um anyway, I I think that it was necessary to tell the audience that Leia wasn't just some scrub that had powers that didn't know how to use them. I think that it was important to be like, hey, here she is, potential super powerful, but doesn't use her force powers. She just did it to I- I guess. I mean, in the end, it's a minor point, but I just keep coming back to, I just, I, I just do nothing but compare. So, New Hope, Luke, sort of barely uses the force to shoot his missile into the ventilator or whatever. Yeah, that's the extent of Luke doing shit because he doesn't know how to use the force. You got Empire Luke, who 
who's captured by the Wampa struggles to just pull his lightsaber up and pull it to his hand because he's not trained to use the force. Right. And then trains with Yoda, like hardcore training, and basically just gets enough force ability to not get creamed by Vader the first time they fight, where you know Vader's holding back. Right. And he did get creamed by him. <laughs> like, and he did get like he got, Vader he, absolutely like obliterated. Vader, Vader owned him and he's but by this point Vader knew who he was. It was coaxing him along. Like right. seriously, like like Vader you get the impression like looking at it like Vader could have demolished him anytime he wanted to. Yes. Because Luke had not trained enough. And then you get Empire Luke who actually can go toe to toe with Vader because at the very least months have passed. I mean what's the difference between Empire and what did I say Empire Luke? Yeah, uh, I know Jedi. What you mean. Jedi. Yeah, yeah. What's the difference between Empire and Jedi? It's at the time frame. I'm not even sure, but I'm guessing well, like a year. If you read that book that I gave you, Shadows of the Empire. Oh, I know. I, I, <laughs> I got to get to it. I got to get to it. Basically, that book sets up the fact that Luke left and he like went into supreme hibernation to train. Like he like he went into egg, he exiled himself to a point where he could teach himself how to use the force, but he's still not the best of the best. Like he's good. Right. But I mean, he shows up in Empire. Uh, Empire Jesus Jedi. <laughs> he shows up at Jabba, Jabba's palace, force choking and mind tricking the shit out of everybody. Like he's he has trained, he has developed his skills, and they show the progression between three movies. Yeah. Whereas Ray's already kicking ass by the end of the first movie with zero training. Leia presumably ignores her entire force heritage, entire life, and then all of a sudden is like, "Woo, yeah, I get to fly in." Luke. When his life was on the line, barely made his lightsaber move. Leia in the vacuum of space when she's fucking 70 years old. Right. After well, a lifetime maybe... of not using the force atrophy, could pull herself, like, could bring herself back to life, essentially, and then pull herself into the... Yeah, but I have to, you have to assume, I guess you don't have to assume, I assume that over the 70 years she's been alive or whatever it is, she has at least taught herself enough to do a couple things. Which you would think, but you need... The throwaway line. And if, if, if in The Force Awakens, somebody would have said something like, you know, I've been developing my skills, some, some, some throwaway line, I could have bought it. Where, well, you there, know, I just keep it low key. There is kind of a throwaway line in Jedi when, he, when Vader is reading Luke's thoughts and he's like, there is another. And then sure, Ob- Obi Wan and Yoda are, yeah, she had the potential. Like, I don't see Leia as the type that's going to do the types of things that Ray or Luke are doing. She she was a diplomat. But that's just she it. Was, she does do a force, you know, the force telekinesis or whatever you want to call it, the force pull. That's exactly what Ray and Luke and Obi and Yoda, that's what they all do. They, she's not swinging the lightsaber around, but she's not using the force as a, you know, precognitive. Like she she is like in the in the force awakens, she feels Han die and she kind of feels like she feels things. Which she also feels in Return of the Jedi. Like that fits her character. But the, I can use the force to support my life functions and then pull myself back to the ship doesn't fit. But okay, I, I'm going to put like this into perspective. I got it. I, I'm going to put it into perspective. Do you know why Han Solo and Princess Leia fucking split up? Between, no, nah, yeah, they don't, they don't really say. I know. Because Leia was using the Force to mind fuck Han Solo. <laughs> Whenever he <laughs> wouldn't do what she wanted, she was just like, "Uh-uh, you want to do the dishes?" And he was like, "He does These the, dishes. Are the dishes you're looking for." Yeah. And so then he's done, and he looks at his hands, and they're all pruny. And then he looks at her, and he goes, 
uh, you you were kind of mind fucking me right there, weren't you? She's mm-hmm. like, you better fucking believe it. Now get out there and mow the lawn before <laughs> I gotta mind fuck you to do the lawn. And so Han was like, well, peace out, bitch. I'm I'm not doing this for the rest of my life. You uh, you will go down on me for fifty minutes and then we're just gonna cuddle. <laughs> right. And then we cuddle and we call it good. Yeah, that's what you want. Uh, you will give me an hour of foreplay. <laughs> that's how that's how their relationship ended it wasn't like i got a headache tonight it's you got a headache tonight <laughs> yeah because he's a simple man yeah so you're gonna go fuck your wookie and you're gonna leave me alone oh shit! <laughs> god damn and you know chewbacca was probably like wait, wait what are you doing <laughs> what's happening here yeah well, i owe you a life debt i guess I oh it. no chewbacca was into it that's why when kylo killed him he screamed so hard he's like no yeah. my love <laughs> my snuggle bunny yeah it wasn't a life debt he was in love with him <laughs> uh-oh did we just uh, make han solo gay with chewbacca yeah we did yeah what is it again rule 39 69 rule 34 yeah rule 69 you will fuck a wookie wait order 66 yeah, close enough. <laughs> so, uh, okay, I, I feel like we're going to rehash everything here. But one thing watching this movie has done and thinking about it has done is um, made me, like I keep saying, be intellectually honest. Like that's like like my fucking byword I try to Mantra. Learn. So it made me reexamine everything about the Star Wars franchise. And if I, if I hated certain things about this movie, why would I forgive it about other movies? Or have I forgiven it about other movies? So I sat down. And I made a list, not by movie by movie, but by trilogy by trilogy, of what I actually did like and dislike about okay. the prequels and then about the original trilogy. So I remember I mentioned this to you. Were you able to do anything like that, or did you think about that? I, I was not able to. I, I was okay. not able to write anything down. Okay, well, let me let me just share this with you real quick. Let's see I'll, I'll be a sounding board. All right. So starting with the original trilogy, New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, I'll go with what I liked first. Okay. Those movies, the acting was good. And I like that about, and I didn't get much of a chance to say it, but The Last Jedi, the acting's good. Like, I will give that to them all day long. The actors are good at their, what they're given. Yeah. So the acting is good. Like, Han, like Harrison Ford was good as Han Solo. With Carrie Fisher, uh, you know, Lando Calrissian, and all that stuff. These guys were good actors in their, in their roles. Mm-hmm. Which is something I kind of jump in the gun, but something I didn't like about the prequels. Hayden Christensen sucked. Yeah, bad actor. And, and so uh, Jake Lloyd. Yeah, the kid was bad. And there's better child actors out there. And even I don't know. I mean, I, this sounds like blasphemy, and I'm sorry, but Christopher Lee kind of chews the scenery. Kind of always has. Agreed. And he did. McGregor would be the only. And uh, and I, I guess Liam Neeson was good. Liam Neeson's good, but Lee, and it was a bit of a departure from his usual roles. Yeah. But he was still kind of Liam Neeson. But he was good. He's he's always perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Ewan McGregor was really good because Ewan McGregor is actually a pretty good actor. But um, that was it. That the originals, the acting was pretty terrible for the most part. Yeah. Uh, but the acting in the original in the uh, the prequels, the acting was terrible. The, the acting in the original trilogy was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I like that. The characterization's good. Like Han Solo is a great character. Darth Vader, like I said, one of the greatest cinematic villains ever put on screen. Yep. Even when he shows up, the Emperor is menacing as shit. Mm-hmm. Like this is a guy that you know is like he's he is going to fuck some shit up. Leia is the is the like arch archetype, you know, strong female lead. And Luke, as far as characterization goes, he's a cookie cutter, you know, hero's journey, but it works. Like yeah. you you are along for the ride with him. Yeah, like, you feel a, it from stupid farm boy to mature 
like knowing having a plan jedi right. shit not, goes good know. for him and you're rooting for him right like the characterization like like george this is where george lucas shined he might not have had the most original characters but he did them well like mm-hmm. he wrote them in a way that we all enjoyed like han solo will always be the cool the 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 mold for cool well and there's something that was in the original trilogies that's missing now and it's not missing because they didn't try because they tried to do it it's just missing because it doesn't come across in the original trilogy it's almost like the whole thing was put together so the friends would save their friends these are my friends i haven't known them for two fucking seconds but these are my friends and as an audience we buy that like Mm -hmm. he leaves yoda to go to Cloud City to save his friends. He goes through all that shit at the end of A New Hope because of his friends. And he goes through all that shit in Return of the Jedi because of it. He shows up to save Han Solo because he's his friend. You know what I mean? Like, right. In in the new movies, the new almost trilogy, um, especially uh in this ne- in this last one, they they play up the whole friend between Poe, Finn, and uh, Ray. Mm-hmm. I don't buy it. Like, no, I'm not. Ray I'm has not, nothing to do with them. I and like Finn. I have to get to my friend. I'm I'm leaving on this escape pod to get to my friend. But then, no, nah, never mind. I won't. Yeah, I mean, just it does not come but, across as friends trying to save friends, and that plays first one. perfectly in the, the original trilogy. Yeah, well, and the, the Force Awakens, they, they, J.J. Abrams did a good job of this. Like, you saw the bromance between Poe and Finn. To an extent, like, some people are like, oh, yeah, Poe and Finn should be in a couple. You know, they should have a, the homosexuals. Right. Which, uh, fine, we, whatever. I don't, if they did that, I actually wouldn't care that much. What I wouldn't care either because it's kind of, it's almost ridiculous that there isn't a gay character. At this it's, point, As right. vast as the galaxy is, and it, how many alien species that you have, there's going to be... You you would yeah, think, like, but I'm just, just glad that they're not like making it a political point. Like, right. well, we're gonna have a gay character, so yeah, they got throw these guys in there. Like, and like, and honestly, there's a bit of a you a pseudo romance between Finn and Ray, but it doesn't really go anywhere. Like, Finn and Ray relationship feels more like the Luke and Leia relationship. Yeah. You know, they're not brother and sister, but they almost feel more like that than anything else. Yeah, but like they, they just set this up like the, between Poe and Finn in the first movie, and then between Finn and Ray. There's real relationships being set up that are completely ignored in Last Jedi. Yeah. Like, Ray has almost nothing to do with anybody else in that movie. Uh, Poe and Finn have, a like, one scene together, and then that's it. Like, and the, the, the one that shoehorn in is Finn and Rose, which I actually, Rose gets a lot of shit on. I actually don't hate that character either, but it's just, it feels shoehorned in there. So the characterization in Force Awakens is fine. It's good, even. The characterization in Last Jedi falls apart. Yeah. Brian Johnson took everything J.J. Abrams did and said, "Now fuck that." So, but once again, I I, I feel like I, I divergent. <laughs> Characterizations in the original trilogy is good. Um, the villain in the original trilogy, like I said, best villain ever. Not maybe not best ever, but one of if top top five, if not top three, top three best villains ever put on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, groundbreaking. Like yeah, J. Um, George Lucas took samurais and westerns and put it together in space but he did it in a way that no like put with, with the force in there sci-fi movies hadn't done shit like that before right they just hadn't you know taking all these elements that have been there sci um putting it in space been done but else but what hadn't been done is putting world war ii type 
you know, air raids. Yeah, bombing runs, strafing and runs. Westerns in space and samurai movies in space. Putting all those elements together was super unique. There's a reason why by the time Empire came out, people were like, holy shit, I got to see this movie. Yeah. Because Star Wars took them by the balls like, and they did not expect it to happen. Um, so groundbreaking. And one of the best twists in cinema history, as much as, like I've said before, there's never been a time in my life I did not know that Darth Vader was Luke Skywalker's father. Like, I don't remember a time when I didn't know that. That's still one of the greatest twists. Like, you can see today, like, they have reaction videos of yeah. kids watching that moment going, what the fuck? Looking at yeah. their parents. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Is that true? You know, like, that still grabs people. So that's what I liked about it. Like, those are the things that, these, these are the reasons why Star Wars is what Star Wars is. But, to be fair, what I didn't like about the original trilogy, massive plot holes. Which oh, yeah. is why I try to avoid shitting on them with The Last Jedi. They were there. They were glaring. But the original trilogy had it in spades too, man. Well, there. I'll tell you one of the plot holes that I I dislike is the uh, the way they set up the stormtroopers at the beginning, mm-hmm. like precise blasters. You know when uh, Luke's aunt and uncle get killed and mm-hmm. the sand crawler gets destroyed. Obi Wan is like, those are some precision precision shots. You know, only stormtroopers could be that precise. And then. Then they miss everything forever. And then you go to the future of, and just they they can't hit anything. They're it's, like stormtroopers are anything but precise, right? And then they so, wear that armor that restricts their vision, but doesn't seem to actually protect them from anything. Yes, yeah, including like, sticks and wood and <laughs> yeah. So I mean, to me, like, that is... like the scene in Jedi where the Ewoks are bashing with sticks, they should be like, "Are you kidding me?" And they're just like shooting like one by one, boom, 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 boom. Get the fuck away from me, you little teddy bear. Right. So yeah, like that, like an empire, the space worm that they could get out and walk around because somehow there's gravity and atmosphere, and so I can't, I can't rightfully shit on the plot holes in Last Jedi and ignore the ones in the original trilogy. There's plot holes everywhere. Yeah. Um, pseudoscience. Yeah, I mean, I don't care about that that much because it's space opera. Right. But they do have a lot of pseudoscience, like you know. If you want to be a nerd about it, why is there gravity on any of their ships? Why, you know, how the fuck does a lightsaber work? Well, there's made up, you know, you ha- you have like my, you want to hear my reason why there's gravity? Well, right. But within canon, they d- they've never actually explained why a lightsaber works, you know, stuff like that. Okay. But I mean, as far as the gravity goes, you have to imagine that they have some sort of like technology that there's like some gyro running in the ship that acts like a Wi-Fi signal that creates gravity. Mm-hmm. And that's how I get past the whole bombs dropping on the dreadnought is they were monopolizing on the fact that this gravity Wi-Fi signal extended beyond just the ship. It Mm-mm. it floated around in like this giant bubble of gravity that it creates for itself. And so these bombing, these bombers were capitalizing on that fact and they were, you know, but why did they have to go over the top of it? Why couldn't they go over the side of it? Why couldn't they exploit, you know, a place that they didn't have? giant cannon whatever i don't know uh like that's That's a minor yeah that's my explanation that's not an explanation that's that's, that works but it's just you're left to fill the blanks in yourself which i always say just give me like a throwaway line one point and i'm good with it you know Mm -hmm. um the tropes like i like i just got done saying the tropes are fast and furious but they are they do work the hero's journey is a trope and then lucas used like a all those genres, the Westerns, the samurai movies, the World War II, all that stuff. He 
it's it's trope after trope after trope, but he weaved it together in an original way. So it's tropey, but it also does work. Mm-hmm. So it's a minor thing. Um, simplistic. Like the only multi-layered aspect to it at all is the twist with Vader being the father. Beyond that, it's the good guys are good, the bad guys are bad, and never the yeah. twain shall meet. Like, yeah. it's very simplistic. It's very, you know, the the plucky rebels are going to find just the right thing they need to do to take out the evil empire. Of course, the Ewoks are going to be able to help them because they're also, in their own way, a sub-genre plucky rebel. <laughs> and, you know... And they're I, huggable. Yeah, so they're cute. And it's very simplistic. It's very... And, and that that's not necessarily a bad thing, but Especially when I was a kid, I won't. I was able to understand it, so that's cool. But uh, as an adult, seeing it for the first, I get why there's a lot of people that see it, like never see that stuff until they were adults, and they're like, "It's fine," but they're not going gaga over it because it is very simple. There's nothing. It's not going to make you think, and it's not going to make you come up with a lot of like, like I told, like I mentioned earlier, the guy at work was like, "Oh my god, there's this theory and this theory." I'm like, "Man, don't read too much into it. It's gonna. It's not going to be that complex." I can't tell you right now. That's not what Star Wars is about. And then finally, I just had to put it in there. Ewoks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. But those are all minor points. It's like there's a reason Star Wars endures because those lists of things I didn't like about it are very forgivable and ultimately very minor and yeah. very overshadowed by the stuff that does work in it. Right, and in the original trilogy, you came to love that at a time at a time when, like, you were probably hungry for that. Oh yeah, you know, and you weren't oversaturated. Just being awakened to that. the world of what sci-fi and fantasy could be. Right, so that probably stuck with you in a way that the new movies just won't be able to do because there have been too many stories told that have borrowed from Star Wars that have done it better. Yeah, you know, and, and I'll to be perfectly honest with you, as good as that movie looked, I have a problem with um, some of the CGI. I, I, you know me, and I'm a big mm-hmm. fan of practical effects. And I think that they did a lousy fucking job with Snoke. Yes. The, it, don't make a pure CGI character, which, as an aside, is making me a bit nervous about um, Avengers movie coming out. Yeah. Thanos is a pure CGI character. Yep. And I'm just, I'm not, I'm not, like the Justice League came out, and the bad guy in that was pure CGI, and it took you right out of the fucking movie. Yep. Besides the fact that everything else is CGI, too. Every, every single bad guy in the movie was CGI. And I just I I found myself not giving a rat's ass about any of it. Yeah. Well, the there were two scenes with Snoke where he stands up. He's in his throne, and he stands up and walks towards Ray. And, uh, yeah, I think it's he might be in there with Kylo Ren at the time. Either way, there's a scene where he stands up from the Sloan, uh, the throne and walks towards them, and mm. it's it's some of the worst CGI. I've, it's like yeah, they they don't have it. CG is not there. Like this, let this be the number one lesson to movie makers. Your CGI is not there; it's just not. So stop making characters entirely CGI. Yeah. Now, and I will say <laughs> this: I don't mind the CG Tarkin and Leia in Rogue One. It's a little bit more forgivable for me because it's also two seconds at a time. Yeah, you you're not. It's not so heavy handed. I think the Leia was less was not as good as the Tarkin, um, but still. It's okay. It's okay for me. the The Snoke was not that good. It just wasn't. No. Sorry, and i I feel like it should have been better because enough time has passed that we should. <laughs> you know, that's not something that they should have skimped on. But anyway, so this brings small. me to the last part. 
So the prequels, exactly the prequels as a trilogy. So let me ask you, we've started talking about this. So let, let, let me give you, I don't need to make a list, but what do you think? What What is good about the prequels? Like the prequels get a lot of hate. So let's well, go the other way. What works with the prequels? As you know, I have been on a prequel kick recently. Right, right. And I am forcing myself to like the prequels. Uh, <laughs> and it's allowed me this, this new found want to love for the prequels has me examining some of the things that I liked a lot. Um, and I really like the story. Mm-hmm. The, if you, if you can cut away the bullshit and just the story of why the trade Federation is blockading Naboo, why Palpatine is doing the things he's doing. He's, he's essentially the head figure for a war, two warring sides mm-hmm. that nobody knows. And it would be, somewhat easy to do in a large scale universe like or galaxy like star wars but he's he plays the part of two very powerful people that he's forcing a civil war to to cripple a senate that he plans on rebuilding in his own image and the way he goes about doing it the story is fantastic i don't like i mean I'm I'm on the things I do like, so let let me skip mm-hmm. past a lot of that. Um, I like the way that they portray the Jedi as a holier than thou council. That if you look at under a microscope, you have to hate them. You have to. There's like yeah, they're they're completely ossified. Like they're so ultimately set in their ways. Right. They like the first time I watched the prequels, I'm like, well, these are the good guys. And the more and more you examine it, the Jedi Council, they're doing it they're making wrong choices they're yeah. not the good guys they are self-serving they are doing what they want to do because it's the reality that they believe so i mean as much as i like the quote-unquote jedi council i more like the fact that there's force in the in the galaxy and there are people that are force sensitive um a a group of novels for young readers came out right after episode one and basically it examined uh obi-wan being qui-gon's padawan mm-hmm. and how he was how qui-gon came to the jedi academy and chose his padawan reluctantly chose his padawan and obi-wan was on the cutting board like he might not have gotten a uh, a jedi master to follow around and if he hadn't in this story which is no longer canon the people that don't get picked as padawans fail in the Jedi Academy and they move on, they send them out into the galaxy to use their force powers for good. So if you didn't get picked as a Padawan because you didn't show your skills good enough, you were shipped off to a world where you could use the force to heal people. Like, all right. So I know it's not canon anymore, but like the Jedi were fucks. (laughs) The Jedi were terrible people. (laughs) Um, It's like, we, we took you from your families. We trained you to a certain extent. But you're not quite good enough to be one of us. So we're, but we're not. So we're not going to let you go back to a life that you choose. We're going to choose a life for you. Yeah, exactly. Like, like as soon as you get, it's like basically as soon as a Jedi looks at you as a young person, as a young little kid, you're like, well, there goes my choice in life. Like I'm yep. done. Yeah, yeah. So you know that these old pedophile Jedi masters show up. And they, <laughs> they find the one they want, and then they take off into the sunset. But they all wear robes for easy access. <laughs> so I, I guess. Upon re-examination of the prequels, uh, I like the story. Yeah. Um, I like the majority of the characters. Uh, and 
I don't know. I think that Palpatine's character is probably the most intriguing to me. Yeah, see, and I agree with you. This is like going back to like I, I equate him with Snoke in the in the new to the new trilogy. Snoke was the most intriguing character to me. The manipulator, the behind the scenes orchestrator. That's the character I want to find out about because that's what Palpatine was like. Like like you said, the plot of this original trilogy is actually very well done, very multi-layered and complex. The playing off both the the step-by-step patience of years of setting up events just right to manipulate people to put them into the spot where he can play both sides off on each other without anybody realizing it so he can get ultimate power, and he does. Like, Palpatine is far and away the most interesting character in the prequels. Agreed. Hands down. That's what I liked about it. The Even, like, people shit on it, like, the, oh, the, the, the Senate gets together and they talk about trade wars and blockades and it comes to a screeching halt. Like, I actually find that fascinating because this is the Machiavellian, you know, screw tightening and shoe in the coming up the works and all this stuff like that yeah. that Palpatine does. And it's not overdone. It just it's a couple of throwaway lines here and there to show you what exactly he is doing. And you could get the appreciation if you step back and see it. But what's more, and this is where I give I tip my hat to George Lucas is I might be reading more into this than he meant it to be, but you get you get this over and people keep talking about this is where they keep talking about the forces balance, the forces balance. So if you look at the Jedi, they are, if the force is the way the universe is supposed to be light side and dark side, if both sides are necessary, like you can look at this light side is maintains things and preserves things, but dark side is there to make changes because without the dark side, nothing will ever change. And it becomes, like I said, ossified mm-hmm. and set in their ways and starts slowly becoming corrupt over time. Whereas the dark side is necessary for, shaking things up and introducing new ideas and breaking the mold yeah that, 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 which is messy and heartbreaking and bloody sometimes you know look at real life the american revolution was a real problem for a lot of people but something good came out of it you know that's that's the kind of thing i look at so if you look at it that way that the prequel set up where the jedi are they won like how many sith are left in the universe two right you know maybe three depending on what timeline you look at but uh, the Jedi won. And then all of a sudden, this Anakin shows up. And they're like, oh, he's prophesied to bring balance to the Force. Well, what? The, like, some Jedi should have sat back like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> balance means it's going to be bad. Yeah. Balance is in our favor in a huge way right now. So what does balance mean? That means we're going to get fucked up. And like, At the end of episode three, you essentially, and that, not with all the ad stuff with the cartoons and everything like that, it's not true. But as far as on screen, what you look at, you got two Sith two jedi yep that's what you got left he you got balance out. motherfucker <laughs> whether you like it or not you got balance yeah you and you got all these paper. old institutions yeah. swept away like palpatine did like he probably like i want to see the story of what the average person's like under palpatine's rule because they probably had things going real good yeah that's like, right. i don't gotta worry about clones and fucking robots coming at me Right. Orderly things are like I just got to get up and do my job, and I can go home, and I don't have to worry about my planet being bombed. Then the rebels come and get shit stirred up, so now he's blowing up Alderaan, and you know, (laughs) yeah, like sympathy for the devil type of thing. But I mean, Palpatine is totally evil. Yeah, but but you but the the trilogies, if you start peeling layers back, it has layers. It actually does have nuance and things you can consider on a second viewing and a third viewing that you did not see before. That's really cool. Like that is like if it was executed better. Like okay, so the things I did not like about the prequels, 
everything else. <laughs> the act, the acting was bad. We talked about that. Yes, yeah. the acting was bad. Hayden Christensen was not a good choice. The characterization of Anakin, I would have much rather seen him on a slow simmer than like what I what I I think I told you once. Like Kylo Ren is not Darth Vader's grandson, but he is Anakin's, Anakin's grandson. Yeah, yeah. Like that is like the ah, ah fuck that shit. Ah, ah, like just petulant and angry all the time. Yeah. I would have loved to see an Anakin on a slow simmer. Like, like, like you never got the impression that the Anakin from the prequels was this paragon of virtue. You got the impression that he was this guy that all the Jedi Masters are like, oh, fuck. The little bitch is back again. Okay. <laughs> what's he going to bitch about this now? What's he going to whine about now? Yeah. Like, you got the impression nobody was like respecting this kid. Like, wow, he's really got his shit together. <laughs> yeah, nobody was like, looking at him like that. Well, he's prophesied to do something, so we got to put up with this bullshit, I guess. Yeah, Qui Gon, like, we owe Qui Gon a favor. So, yeah, exactly. So, like, the characterization was not the greatest. The acting was not the greatest, and the script had real problems. Yeah, and this is probably this is probably I should throw this at the original trilogy too. The script was hokey in a lot of places. Like, like there's this anecdote I love with. Harrison Ford, I guess during I I, I want to say Empire, but maybe it was just Star Wars, the original, you know, New Hope, where he's reading his lines and he looks at George Lucas and says, "Yeah, you just have to write this, but we have to say the shit where people can hear it." <laughs> like he's actually like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah, and yeah, I saw just, I just saw an interview with Mark Hamill after you know after the last Jedi came out where he's talking about that. He's like, "Yeah, I was uh I said I got the script for for Star Wars before it was called the New Hope, you know, before the first movie's made, and I'm looking at it." Like, huh? And I said, I said it to a bunch of people I knew, and they came back to me, and they're like, "Yeah, it is a little weird, huh? <laughs> like a little stilted <laughs> and stuff." It's like I talked to Harrison about it. He's like, "Whatever, kid. It's just a paycheck, you know, stuff like that." Like, like George Lucas is not the great greatest of writing dynamic dialogue and stuff like that. So it, that was a detriment, yeah, for the for the prequels. And then, like we talked about, overuse of CGI, just way too much CGI. Yep, it's especially, a cartoon. Yeah, especially considering this is like. 2000 cgi so it's not even like they did snoke wrong and this is with the benefit of 17 years of improvement look right look back at the, the prequels and you're like like the the cgi yoda i they they kind of had to because he was doing the flips and shit but they didn't have to do that like they did yoda wrong yoda should have been just quietly i'm super powerful the fact that they had yoda use a lightsaber at all i thought was a misstep yeah but and you know that kind of serviced the fans a little bit i don't know i, I even at the time, I remember thinking, nah, they should have had just a Yoda that just like was lifting things up and throwing things around and making shields and countering or, everything somebody does with them. Or ripping lightsabers out of his ha- out of his opponent's hands. I, I just think that he would have been great using a cane, you know, and a lightsaber and his enemy comes to him and he's able to, you know, use a lightsaber well enough while he's struggling to stand. Yeah, that would have been kind of cool. Or even using the force to manipulate the lightsaber instead of just flipping around and shit. Like they could have done Yoda better, but absolutely, yeah. And then, of course, number one on the list is Jar Jar. You got to put yeah. Jar Jar. All of Jar-Jar. they. There were plenty of characters. Didn't it's not limited to Jar Jar. Watu, the whole you can't use mind trickery on me. And oh, I know. Yeah, tiny wings that are helping me fly around, and they, yeah, like they what? Were... He's super greedy, so you can't trick his mind. Like I, that. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but... like. Uh, Pod racing, and on its own, I like the pod racing scene. I like the special effects and the sounds. The idea of it, I think that it was completely useless in the movie. But General Grievous was a throwaway character. Like he was supposed to be menacing, but you didn't care about him at all. He has a way bigger 
part in the cartoons. Yeah, and I remember seeing a cartoon where he's like hunting down Jedi and shit. And, like he was menacing in that. Yeah. But if you never saw that, like like people were like, oh my well, god, Grievous is here. Like they were freaking out because he was actually doing a really good job of fucking up Jedi. Then he also he confronts Obi Wan and he's coughing for some reason, which they don't explain. And Obi Wan takes him apart without trying. You know, it's like, oh, okay, that's great. <laughs> well, that gave Obi Wan the the great line to shoot him with the blaster and then call it an uncivilized weapon. Yeah, right. Yeah. Bah. Which what brings me to one last thing about the entire thing. Like every time you see one of these guys use force lightning, the only thing I think of is you know what would be much more effective in this situation? A blaster. Yeah. Because the force lightning doesn't seem to actually it's a non like like I've seen this about Star Wars where they talk about it's like if you really want to look at the Jedi or the evil ones, because what kind of powers does the Jedi have? My manipulation? Yep. You know, they actually take over somebody's mind. That sounds pretty evil. Whereas <laughs> what, what's a dark side? What's a typical dark side power? Force lightning, a nonviolent way to restrain somebody that doesn't actually kill them. Yeah. That's the dark side power. It's like it's like it's kind of like the Jedi or the evil ones, especially in the prequels. They're, <laughs> I'm the, telling you. they're the bad guys. Yeah. You can watch it a different way, especially with uh, Obi-Wan not being virtuous and fucking the shit out of Padme. Oh, I know. That's the I want I would see like the fan cut version where they throw things together and make that happen. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh I'm, I'm Yeah, we've exhausted this one. Thinking ship. Yeah. We could we've, uh, uh, we said all we we're going to say. Yeah. I like the last Jedi you don't. <laughs> <laughs> in, in fact, the last god, almost 3 hours boiled down to that. Fuck the last yeah. Jedi. Okay. So, moving on. Uh let's get some trivia out of the way. Um I'll go first cuz I think yours is going to be more interesting than mine mine's gonna be fast okay so i don't know the answer (laughs) that's right you already gave me a hint yeah so go ahead mine's gonna be fast too it's just an interesting anecdote i saw so i'll just say it straight out how many people have been estimated to have died in all of human history can you put a number on it in all of humanity from start to now how many people have from the estimate homo homo erectus is that the first one I'm not, this doesn't say it, but I'm guessing just Homo sapiens onward. Just Homo sapiens. So uh, call it. Geez, what's the timeline on that one? A couple hundred thousand years or something. Okay, I'm going to say a <clears throat> hundred trillion. Holy shit! You got the hundred right. A hundred billion. Hundred billion. Wow. I guess a hundred trillion would be too many. That's way. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> that's but a lot. A hundred trillion. That's like an inconceivable. But that I like. I, that fascinates me because. We got 7 billion people plus, maybe I think it's pushing eight at this point, billion people alive today. Yeah. That means in all of human history, only, you know, 92 billion more have died. But also that, lower population. So it's right. Like, that, that illustrates the population boom we are living in right yeah, now. It's an exponential thing. I mean, I read something somewhere once years ago that said there was archaeological evidence, geological evidence, anthropo- anthropological evidence shows that. There was a point where humanity hit a bottleneck, where some kind of destructive event happened, like volcanoes or something. I can't remember what it said. I want to say it was a natural, like like a geological thing. I want to say like it was volcanoes or something like that. The doom. Great where doom. something happened. Yeah, it was Valyria. But uh, where the bottleneck happened, where the entire human population got reduced down to like fucking like 5,000 people. Wow. Holy something shit. Like, that. Like, like we almost went extinct at one point. Like there was, there was a couple million... Shit happened. We went down to like something like five or ten thousand people, and that's that managed to survive somehow, somewhere. Caveman preppers. Yeah, it's going to be a new show on A and E. 
But that's crazy <laughs> to me. Okay, man, preppers. Insane. Sponsored by Geico. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My trivia question. All right, I'm ready. I've already I've already asked you or given you the hint in the, game. the pump. If you're in Vegas and you're playing craps, you roll two right. ones. You roll two ones, what do you got? Snake eyes. Okay. You roll two sixes, what do you got? Half the devil? <laughs> well, uh, you're not too far off. You're, it's not right, but <laughs> you're you're wrong. But you're just wrong. every every combination, every roll uh, has a has name. A name. Every so single combination has a two name. Sixes. So two sixes. I'll give you a clue. It's a it's a nickname for a time of day. Um, the witching hour. I don't know what the witching hour is, but you're on the right track. It's it's actually a technical name for a time of day. It's not the like in a court of law you'd be able to say this time of day and the uh well like dusk or evening or something like that. Y- yep, you're right on on point. Even fall. Um <laughs> Jesus. I don't know what else to be. Dusk, evening, morning. <laughs> what do you call twelve AM? Midnight. Midnight. If you roll two sixes, it's called midnight. Really? Yep. Why is that? Have, uh, because way back in the day when they were inventing craps, the the guys drinking whiskey and got drunk started rolling dice and started <laughs> naming it. Um, it's because they were making names all day long. They finally got to the end. They're like, fuck it. What time is it? It's midnight. <laughs> okay, we're calling this one midnight. <laughs> yeah, that's about it, probably. But uh, yeah, if you're playing craps and you roll two sixes, it's called midnight. Yeah. <laughs> If you roll two ones, snake eyes. Snake eyes, which makes sense. I mean, it's two eyes. And, and everybody knows bad. it. Like, everybody knows it. And you if don't you want snake to, eyes and snakes are bad, so it makes sense. If you were to ask um, somebody on the street, what mm. happened, what do you call it when you roll two ones? Guarantee they'd be able to say snake eyes. Snake eyes. But the, the beginning and ending of my craps knowledge is two ones are snake eyes. Snake eyes is bad. That's it. That's all I know about craps. Like, seriously, well, no, that, now you know that two sixes is midnight. And, and now two sixes is midnight. And a three and a four is called seven the easy way. <laughs> is there a seven the hard way? Yes. If you roll uh, a six and a one. Six and a one, yeah. So, if you roll anyway. a two and a five, is seven the medium way? or Yeah, yeah it's something like that. Seven the there's, loser way. There's a list. <laughs> that I is should, I should look into it. my trivia for the all evening. Right. Now I am going to go crash. Ah. Uh, Oh, no, that's Flash. Sorry. He can do the impossible. He can save every one of us. All right, so who are you? Sign it out. Uh, I am uh, Midnight Ewok. <laughs> and saying, I'm, uh, what are you saying? I'm saying, go Patriots. All right. Oh, <laughs> no, no, I got this. I am Bob uh, Horror Titty Scully. Say, dip me in your blue Monday milk. Your blue Monday milk, yes. Monday milk. Yes. Awesome. All right. I'm glad that we were able to come back and do a long episode. Boom. Get this off our chest. Get it off now our will, chest because now, now we will never talk about Star Wars again. Until the next time. Until next before I guarantee you. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Take it easy. Oak Nuggets. Oak Nuggets. Bye. 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 Bye.